This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. A Cherry Hill Volvo and XC40 can be leased for as low as $459. And an XC90 leased for as low as $629. The Cherry Hill Volvo offers are very aggressive. Spring into Cherry Hill Volvo for incredibly fabulous offers. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Will not be here today. Rich Zioli will not be here today. Repeating, for those of you keeping track, keeping score at home, Rich Zioli will not be here today. It's Michael Pelka with you on this Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day to you and yours. I know there's a bunch of leftists out there who are celebrating other things. And very, they're very confused people, so we have to, we have to give them room. You know, we have to, they're going to bounce around the walls every time they hear Columbus Day. So let's just give them room to bounce off the walls. They've all got their helmets on. You know, they're like that kid uh, uh, on, on SNL when Mike Myers used to be on there and he was in the helmet and they'd, uh, he'd bounce off the wall. So that's kind of what the lefties are like when you say, Happy Columbus Day! Yes, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean's blue. Yes, I love doing that to them. Happy Columbus Day. And it's uh, it's an important day, though, because uh, so much history going on today, history-making events happening. If you were watching what's happening in the Middle East, as I have since oh, about 1150 on Friday night, yes, Friday night, a lot of people were ready to put their head on the pillow and take a little snooze. Not me. I started watching. And then uh, since Friday, I think I've had 10 hours of sleep. Maybe not 10 total. Maybe eight hours. You know how people say, oh, I got eight hours of sleep. I'm like, yeah, me too. It took me three days. But that's about it. So uh, maybe eight to 10 hours of sleep since last Friday night when the story broke that uh, terrorists had attacked Israel. Not with a handful of rockets flying over the border into Israel, but, you know, thousands, thousands of rockets. And they followed it up with invasion from the air with uh, electric powered gliders that they took over the border and then and went into a music festival and slaughtered young people, hundreds of them shot in the back, killed as they ran away, innocent people. Then they went and blew through the border. And, and drove into cities along the Gaza Strip into Israeli territory and murdered people in their homes. Families, marched families into their, into their living rooms, put them up against the wall and just slaughtered them. Yeah, this is, uh, this is worth losing sleep over. This is worth giving your attention to. This is a vital, vital 
invasion, attack, terrorism against uh, our greatest ally in the region. And I have a lot of friends who are saying, why are you so, uh, why are you so strong on Israel? Well, let's look at it from several different points. But I think the central point about defending Israel has to do with one of the core elements of the foundation of America, born in the great city here of Philadelphia. And that is the freedom to worship as you see fit. The freedom for individuals to worship, to to celebrate their religion. Do you know in, in the Hamas charter, in the charter, they've written the extermination of all Jews, not just people in Israel, all Jews worldwide. That's in the charter. That's what Hamas wants to do. And I'm sure their, their friends, their, their buddies, Hezbollah, would like to do the same thing. I haven't read their charter. And I'm sure ISIS, who's also offered to join Hamas in, in the fight, that, that also would be part of their, uh, their mission. And the Iranians who helped plan it and triggered it and funded it and gave the green light on it, they're the ones who wake up every day and chant death to Israel and death to America. Every stinking day. Like we used to say the Pledge of Allegiance as kids when I was growing up. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. No, no. In, in, in uh, Iran, they wake up and say, death to America, death to Israel. So uh, this is kind of a, uh, a really important, important day. This weekend has been an important weekend. And let me remind you, as I say that, you know, the, the uh, Hamas, the Hezbollah, the ISIS people, the people in Iran, the mullahs, they want to exterminate. That's the word they use, exterminate. They refer to the Jewish people, our Jewish friends, as vermin. And meanwhile, in the middle of all of that, surrounded by all of those bloodthirsty animals who are Hezbollah, Hamas, ISIS, Iran, they surround Israel, and Israel has managed the holiest land on earth managed it and made it accessible to all these groups it's not just shut down only for uh jews or jews and christians it is available to pretty much everybody who wants to go there to the holy land just think about this people are always saying why doesn't israel put down its guns and a lot of us are saying, why don't the terrorists put down their guns? And the difference there is a simple one. It's a subtle, simple difference that pretty much outlines the reason why you can't negotiate with these people. I realized it's just about uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon. Fox News was reporting that Hamas is saying, hey, uh, we'd like to negotiate. We'd like to talk about maybe a ceasefire, you know, maybe a, a settlement. You cannot negotiate with these people. If Hamas lays down its weapons, there will be peace in the region. If Israel lays down its weapons, there will be no Israel. That's, that's the simple reality in all of this. Israel is our friend. Israel is a nation, a very young nation when you think about it. That, uh, that has given back to the world many great um, inventions and innovations. Israel makes great war weaponry. 
And we have given Israel a lot of money. Let's make no mistake about it. We give we give to everybody, right? $120 billion to Ukraine, which, by the way, uh, Ukraine's got to feel like they're, they've suddenly been the child who's been left. It's like home alone. Suddenly Ukraine's going, wait, everybody left us here and now they're on Israel? Yeah, but we gave $120 billion so far to Ukraine. Uh, and what do we get for it? Well, the Ukrainian defense minister took $7 million of that and bought his daughter a wedding present in the south of France. He bought her a, a, a mansion, a home in the south of France. And I'm sure a lot of that came because America, America gave Ukraine all this money. And when I bring that up, people say, well, we didn't give him the money to buy the mansion. I said, now you understand the argument about, about Iran. And the Biden administration is saying, well, we didn't, f- Iran didn't fund this. We, the money we let Iran have back, they told us they were going to use it on, on uh, food and medicine and humanitarian aid. Terrorism is humanitarian aid to the Iranians. And they can put whatever judgment they want on it. And that's really what that is. Even Chris Christie gets it. Chris Christie, I, you know, I'm not the biggest Chris Christie fan. I get a little tired of his blowbaggedness. Is that a word? Can I say that? I think so. Chris Christie's a little bit of a blowbag, and, and he happened to be in the studios at Fox this afternoon when the word came out that uh, Hamas wanted to negotiate. Uh, why don't we sit down? You know, you guys could call all those planes back, pull those tanks back from the border. On the southern side of Israel, bring everybody back. Send the 300,000 troops that you've called up from reserve. Send them back home. They just finished with the high holidays. Don't interrupt their lives. We'll talk. Chris Christie was asked about it. You think that's a good idea? His response was pretty darn good, I have to say. No, look, this is not the moment to engage in that. And the reason why um, the Hamas leaders are saying that is because they sucker punched Israel, um, killed hundreds of people. um, And now they say, "Okay, now we'd like to go back to play the way it used to be. No, they've changed the field to play now. And the Israelis have an absolute right to defend themselves and to ferret out um, and eliminate those people in Hamas who perpetrated um, this horrible attack. And let's not forget, the Iranians clearly here were supplying both hardware and strategy. Um, and I think the Biden White House's denial of that is just them trying to cover their rear ends because they gave $6 billion over to the Iranians just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, September 12th, the uh, president of Iran, the guy with the funny hat, one of the mullahs, was uh, sitting down with NBC News, Lester Holt, and talking about it. Lester's like, well, how do we know you're going to spend that on humanitarian aid? And this guy basically told him, well, humanitarian aid's whatever we want it to be. So you can go get stuffed. Chris Christie gets it, though. He gets it on this point. He understands it. I also never understood how many times Chris Christie says, um... When he's speaking, I mean, just about where are we here? About 45 seconds into this. And I think he said, um, about seven times. Is that because it's not a prepared statement? He's speaking fairly 
extemporaneously here because the notice of, of wanting to have a negotiation had just broken. That story had just popped. But here Christie gets it and, and nails it, I think, on the Iranian question and the Biden administration given the money, etc. And this excuse from the administration that that money is only supposed to go for humanitarian aid, let me deal with that directly. Money is fungible. So they say there's only going to be on food. Well, any money that the Iranians were going to spend on food, they now have a fund for that. They can use that money to support terrorism. This idea that somehow the money hasn't left the account and all these other excuses. They gave comfort to terrorists and they gave financing to terrorists. Money is fungible. And there's no question that money that they didn't have access to before helped in this attack. Yeah, simple. Good explanation, Chris Christie. I still don't think you should be president ever, but that was a good explanation. Hmm. We'll see if this elevates his status in any of the coming polls. Uh, We have more reaction from some of the other presidential candidates, including President Trump, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. A lot of people speaking out on this uh, noticeable silence from big name Democrats. Quite noticeable. Because they don't want to tick off the far left. The squad members have already said they came out at the very beginning. The squad was like, well, we we have to make sure we have to make sure that the uh, the Israelis don't go overboard in their response. Well, how dare you? How dare you? AOC, well, AOC's kind of been quiet, but uh, Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, she's the big demon in all this, Rashida Tlaib. She's the one, I believe it's Tlaib, yeah. She's got a world map in her office in in uh, the congressional building there, the office building. Got a world map and over the nation of Israel, she has a post-it note and has written the word uh, Palestine over Israel. They're so clever, aren't they? They're so, so very clever. Uh, These people are dangerous. And yet they've been elected and re-elected by their districts over and over again. But you really don't see any big Democrats coming out and saying, this is terrible, I, and unless I've missed it. And you're welcome to call in and correct me whenever I get anything wrong. Of course, 855-839-1210 is the number. It's Michael Pelkin for Rich Zioli today. Rich will be here tomorrow. He, um, he and I were going back and forth today. I'm just helping out today. He's taking care of some business, and he will be in tomorrow, guarantee you. But uh, if, you, um, if you want to correct me on any of this stuff, uh, I've married more than 30 years, so I'm used to being corrected. 855-839-1210 is the number. I haven't seen Elizabeth Warren standing up and condemning Hamas for the brutal attacks. I watched the uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. event today, all of it. Not, I, I, okay, most of it. I saw the Native American cat. I saw Cheryl Hines, and then I watched uh, uh, Kennedy's entire speech, and we have to go through that because there were some moments there that were kind of cringy. But I also have to tell you, I thought the speech was well-written. But let's get back to the topic of the moment, and that, that is the, the terrorist attack on the nation of Israel and why it really matters and why it really has me angry. There are dead Americans, dead Americans. 
Americans who were in Israel for whatever reason, whether they were on holiday, vacationing, on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, maybe they were visiting relatives, I don't know. But there were at least nine Americans dead because of Hamas and their terror attack on Israel. Where is the statement from the American president about the American lives lost to terrorism? I can tell you, I, I, I pretty much believe, and I'm not speaking for Donald Trump, but I'm channeling President Trump. I believe, I, I believe President Trump, if he were president right now, would give a special notification to Hamas if one hair on the head of one American citizen one hair is injured, damaged, removed, cut, whatever. You will pay. We haven't heard boo that way from Joe Biden. Yes, Joe Biden said he's going to he's going to um, uh, he's going to back Israel. We are going to support Israel. We're going to uh, give them whatever they need to defend themselves, and he defends their right to defend themselves. Well, that's nice. Thanks very much, Joe. You give a country, a sovereign nation, the right to defend themselves from terrorists. Yeah, we bless your right to... No, yeah, you say we'll stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder with you. At least uh, they have ordered a bunch of ships moved into the area. That's a good sign. And people are asking me, why are those ships going into that area? Well, one of the problems that uh, is, is in existence right now, when you're in a kinetic war like this, a pretty violent war at this point, in the third day of this action, and these hostages are reported to be held in tunnels as human shields, what weasels these Hamas, I, I could say another word, but we'd be off the air, uh, what weasels they are. Taking women, children, elderly, and putting them in positions where they have rocket launchers and missile storage to attempt to prevent that missile storage and those rocket launchers from being hit. Human shields. We learned that from Saddam Hussein. He was the master of human shields. And so they think that's going to protect any attack. But the problem is, if you rescue those hostages, if you get those hostages and you, you save them, now where do you put them? A lot of the population is fleeing the war-torn area. Well, you can take them out to a ship, an aircraft carrier will hold a few thousand people. It's got hospitals on board. It's got a whole bunch. So we send an aircraft carrier. The Gerald Ford, I think, is on the way, getting very close. And a couple of other warships to the region, maybe Hamas wakes up a little bit. Maybe uh, Hezbollah says, nah, I don't think we're going to do this. We shall see. The, uh, I heard Dom talking about things like the Statue of Liberty. Uh, I mean, uh, the Empire State Building being bathed in white and blue light. Uh, the Brandenburg Gates in uh, Berlin, which, boy, talk about history changing. The Brandenburg Gates bathed in blue and white light in a tribute to Israel. Thank you, Germany, for that. The Eiffel Tower going to be in blue and white light. Some of the buildings here in Philadelphia, God, I hope they are. I hope they are. I hope people stand with the people of Israel. I hope the Israelis finally get 
the recognition. And uh, Benjamin Netanyahu spoke just before we came on the air. He spoke uh, not in English, and the translation was, as as it was happening live, was kind of interesting to see. There was no mention of a ground war. And now Israel has amassed significant assets along the West Bank border, along Gaza. And we've assumed that they're going to go in and just take Gaza apart. Currently, they're doing surgical airstrikes which kind of impressive when you watch what they're doing. For example, a high-rise building, like a 20-story building, gets hit with a small explosion on the roof, which is considered to be your 10-minute warning to get out. Who does that in war? The Israelis, because they don't want to kill civilians. They want to shut down the city. Shut down the terrorists because those buildings probably have terrorists inside or communication centers, etc. And then 10 minutes later, the, the other targeted weaponry comes in and flattens that 20-story building. If you haven't seen it on air, it's kind of impressive. And no, I'm not a bloodthirsty, grisly, crazy person. There's a lot to cover on this, and, and it is changing minute by minute. And now Hamas is saying that uh, if, the, if the war doesn't stop, they're going to start um, executing some of the people they've, they've caught, and they're going to do it on live TV. This is why you can't negotiate with these people. This is what they threaten. And if, if you give in to them, they will just continue. So much to get to today. We're going to speak in about an hour I have a buddy named uh, Benjamin Weingarten. Benjamin Weingarten is uh, a great writer, a great voice on this area. He's a great writer on many things in uh, in conservative world. And uh, if you watch Newsmax, you may have seen him the last few days. He's spending a considerable amount of time on Newsmax. He's on there usually every Friday morning. But uh, he's going to join us later, uh, like I said, in just about an hour. And we'll go over the latest situation. Plus, as I said, we have to talk about Robert Kennedy's speech. May surprise you. I think it may have been one of the better written speeches I've ever heard in, in politics. But there's some problems with the presentation and the speech as well. I don't have to agree with it to think it was well written. We, uh, we have to talk about Cheryl Hines. I have a new definition, I think, too, for for what um, Robert Kennedy Jr. is trying to do. I think I've coined the phrase uh, that will, will give his campaign focus. So we will get into that. We will get into a very unique moment in, uh, in the mainstream media as MSNBC got called out for what it was doing on air in how it was referring to uh, this entire uh, terrorism attack on the state of Israel by a member of the Anti-Defamation League. The CEO of the Anti-Defamation League came out and really just ripped into MSNBC live on air. And you can't stop the guy. At that point, you can't say, um, we got to go to break. No, you can't. So we've got that. We have... um, Henry, did we talk about, did Rich talk about uh, the, uh, the government waste report that came out last Thursday? Not sure. Uh, 
I believe he did, but only a little bit. Okay, so there's there we have to talk about that because the the um, the thirty three hundred thousand dollars for solar powered picnic tables at the CDC did he did he get into that? Maybe not. We'll get into it. And last Thursday as well, do you remember last Thursday when the government ran the emergency alert test and all the phones went beep and you got a big message on your screen? Yeah, a bunch of people who aren't supposed to have cell phones got busted because that happened to them. And many of them were Pretty close to this region. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. We'll talk about that. Uh, a new study out of Arizona State University shows that dating apps like Tinder. Is that really a dating app or is it a hookup app? Dating apps are uh, not ending in happy marriages. I wonder how much of our tax money they got for that obvious study. We'll get into it. And again, your calls as well. 855-839-1210. It's Mike Opelka in today and today only. This week, anyway, for Rich Zioli on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If if anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. And that's the uh, biographical song for Joe Biden. I'm thinking. Maybe. No. It is a 3.33 in a Monday afternoon. Happy Columbus Day. Happy Irritate the Liberals Day. It's Michael Pelka in for Rizzioli. Today and today only. Today and today only? When did I get Joe Biden disease? Today and today only. Rich returns tomorrow. And we are trying to cover everything as it relates to the uh, terror attack, the massive terror attack on Israel by Hamas. And the subsequent and expected ass-whooping that Hamas is going to receive from the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces. Now, there have been casualties on both sides. The IDF has had significant casualties, but the 
um, the terrorists are taking a lot more casualties. And they're quick to point out that uh, civilians are being killed. Hello? Did you see the video of what your people did to the concert goers? The people that were just trying to have a, a nice day at a concert after the end of the high holy days? And you guys came in on uh, battery-powered paragliders and just started mowing them down? Yeah, yeah, you, you're going to get what you deserve. I also talked earlier about uh, how um, the $6 billion that Joe Biden said, yeah, 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 let's make sure uh, that money from that bank and cutter is freed up so uh, Iran can, do, can use it to buy food and Band-Aids and medicine and stuff. And then the uh, president of Iran was on with uh, Lester Holt over there at NBC on the nightly news. And this happened back and forth. September 12th, we're not even a month away from the transfer of this money. And what was it? Six billion, five, five hostages, 1.2 billion per hostage. Is that what the going price is now? Is that why uh, Hamas is going to start taking more Americans hostage? Still have several Americans missing. What are we going to pay for that, Joe? Seriously. But here's that NBC News clip. But what is your expectation of its use? We're told that it's for humanitarian purposes, food and medicine. Do you believe you have the right to use that money in any way that you see fit? This money belongs to the Islamic Republic of Iran, and naturally, we will decide, the Islamic Republic of Iran will decide to, to spend it wherever uh, we need it. So if I hear you clearly that it will be used for more than humanitarian purposes, in your view. Now, I'm going to stop this because Lester Holt, journalism. Wow, that's actually a follow-up question that's aiming for clarity. Sitting right across from the guy, this was in New York during the UNGA, the UN General Assembly, which always sounds like something out of Tarzan's mouth in the early Tarzan movies. UNGA, cheetah, UNGA. And uh, he actually called him out. So what does the Iranian president say? Humanitarian means whatever the Iranian people need. So this money will be budgeted for those needs. Yeah, yeah, humanitarian aid is whatever the Iranian people's need. And, and we think the Iranian people's need to see all the Jews killed and then all the Americans killed. And not just in Israel, but all around the world. That's humanitarian aid in the minds of these evil vermin savages. Yeah, and the Iranian government falls into that category, too. And the needs of the Iranian uh, people will be decided and determined by the Iranian government. Hmm. Interesting. The needs of the people will be decided by the government. That's kind of interesting because that essentially is the direction that the far left part of the Democratic Party wants us to go that the needs of the people will be decided by the government. Yes, I am connecting the dots here. That's what this is all about, connecting the dots. What, what the Iranian leader was saying in New York less than a month ago was that uh, his people, you know, that they, they rule with an iron fist, they take women off the street and sentence them to prison for not wearing the hijab properly and covering their hair. 
and in some cases kill them. Remember, they take gay people to the highest building they can and throw them off the building. But this is this is what you have in this Iranian state where a, a government that tells the people what they need, not the people telling the government it's completely flipped, and yet this is the kind of relationship most of the people in the squad want to have. They they want the government to mandate that you can or cannot drive a car based on what powers it. They want to mandate what kind of stove you have. They want to mandate what kind of furnace you have in your home. They want to mandate how big of a soda you can drink. All of that. They don't believe in any choice. They believe in government. And government has replaced individual liberties and God. And in the, in the case of, of the Iranians, the mullahs, they're looked on as gods. And I have to think there's probably a little bit of envy there. A little bit of jealousy on behalf of the American liberals, the leftists, the squad members who want to be seen that way. And I should also throw Nancy Pelosi in there. Yeah, the vampiric one, as Rich calls her, is is someone who believes that she knows better than everybody. Everybody. I guarantee it. So I, I do see a parallel here, but this explanation, again, less than a month ago, and the Wall Street Journal today credibly reporting that Iran was planning this for more than a month, six weeks at least, and gave the green light last week. Last week in Beirut, apparently, was the time. And I don't know how they got that information, but they've tracked it down. So this has been in the works. All they were doing was waiting for some money to come in from a rich uncle, Uncle Joe, so that we could stop spending money on things like food and medicine and and then put that money into terrorism. Uh, Somebody asked me to explain this earlier today. They say, well, well, you know, the six billion and all that, how do you how do you explain it? I say, okay, let me put it in simple terms for you. Did you go to college? Did your parents ever send you money at the beginning of the semester and say, here's a little, here's a little extra money. Spend it on good food and and buy your books with it. And then they come visit you on parents' weekend. And in the corner of your room is a floor to ceiling stack of cases of beer that you spent that money on. And your parents stop in and they go, uh, where'd you get this? Is this what you did with the money? Yes. Yes, that's what we did because you said to use it for, for making our lives better with better food. Beer is food. That's exactly what's going on here. <sighs> From September 12th, we go to September 13th. One day after that conversation. One day after that conversation on CNN, not MSNBC, not NBC News at this time. One day after that conversation, Wolf Blitzer is talking with John Kirby, retired Admiral John Kirby, about uh, the Iranians and the money and terrorism. What, what possibly could they have said less than a month ago? You insist the Iranian regime won't touch the $6 billion of Iranian funds being unfrozen. But isn't it true that this frees Tehran up to spend more on other nefarious goals like supporting terrorism and boosting its nuclear program? Well, to the degree that they continue destabilizing activities and, and it's, you know, I can't predict what they'll do going forward here, uh, but we are already 
uh, have pressure in place on, on Iran, both through sanctions and through our military presence in the Gulf region. I want to stop right there. By admitting, uh, well, we have no idea what they're going to do with the money. Don't give it to them. If you don't have it, you just said the quiet part out loud. We really, we can't predict what they're going to do with the money. Then you can't give them the money. These are not 13-year-olds who are going to go in the grocery store and buy candy. These are people who are going to go over to, I don't know, Afghanistan, where we left billions of dollars in American high-tech weaponry. And they're going to buy some of that stuff. And then they're going to call their buddies up in Korea and say, hello, can we buy some of some of your ammunition, some of the bombs that you people are? Yes, of course. We'll trade you some of the drones we're building because now we have more money to build them. And we're also still enriching uranium. We got centrifuges working because John Kerry's an idiot and he works for a bigger idiot named Joe Biden. But let's see, hear what John Kirby had to say for the rest of this about what's going to happen with all the $6 billion and, and the Iranians. They're probably not going to do anything bad with it because we got, we got a stern talking to ready for them if they do that. We won't hesitate to take additional actions as we see further destabilizing activity by Iran. But Critics say it frees up other funds for Iran to finance terrorism. Yeah. The exiled son of Iran's last Shah calling history the best guide. Yeah, this is, uh, remember the Shah of Iran? Well, his kids are still out there. They're out and about uh, talking about this. Yeah, history. History makes sense. Learn from history. So what happened to the money that was released to the Iranian regime under the Obama administration? It went to further finance the regime's proxies in Syria and Lebanon. Hmm. US- the proxies in Syria and Lebanon, uh, which we have not even gotten to yet. The proxies in Lebanon, that's Hezbollah. That's next door, too. That's on the north side. They're just waiting. They're hanging out. We shall see. This is so maddening. This is so disturbing. This is so irritating. And it did not have to happen. But for the Biden administration handing over that money, this probably doesn't happen. And that, that's a legitimate defense. But for the actions of this administration or the inactions of this administration. Like, where's Joe Biden today? Did you hear from Joe Biden? I know he spoke for a minute and 55 seconds. I believe it was Saturday. And then he shuffled out of the room after really taking any questions. He said, we, uh, we affirm Israel's uh, ability to defend itself. That's pretty much it. It didn't, there wasn't a rebuke of Hamas. There wasn't a warning there wasn't a call for a coalition to stand up. No, none of that. Then he shuffled out. Did we hear from him yesterday? Not really. No, there was a, a barbecue on the, uh, at the White House in the Rose Garden. Just outside the White House, the Rose Garden had a barbecue to thank the staff that worked at the White House. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm just guessing if you looked at the weather... And said, okay, it's kind of a nice day. We had this barbecue planned, but look, it's, it looks like it's going to be a nice day for the rest of the week. Maybe we, we postpone the barbecue. It's the White House. We can, we can get the food delivered a couple days later. You could have called the caterers on Saturday morning and said, hey, uh, barbecue's postponed because we're going to be in the situation room, the newly remodeled situation room, by the way. How much money did we spend on that? We have to talk about how much money we waste 
in this government, and there's a bunch of it, the situ- he should have been in the Situation Room with the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the Secretary of Defense, had the hotline open to Netanyahu, and maybe get a couple of our other friends in Europe or in the region on the horn and say, what are we going to do? Do you want World War Three breaking out? Hmm. That didn't happen. They had a barbecue with a live band at the White House yesterday afternoon. And then today, before we even had a chance to have uh, a few words with the president or from the president, at 11.34 this morning, members of the White House press corps were reporting that a lid had been called, that they, there would be no more from Joe Biden. We wouldn't hear or see from him. 11.34 this morning. Just embarrassing. I stick by my prediction that uh, sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas, Joe Biden, maybe the end of the year, Joe Biden will tell us he's not running again. Sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas, Joe Biden's going to tell us he's not running again. He's not up for the task at all. Not even close. And we have to talk about that because the left is really starting to realize it, too. We'll play some of that for you. I I still have to get to uh, Robert Kennedy because there's some absolute audio gold with Robert Kennedy's announcement today. Very well written speech. Not going to pull me over across the aisle. I I wonder if there are any uh, Democrats listening to this radio show. I'll put out the call here. If you are a Democrat... And you listen to this show because I know a lot of Democrats are reasonable people. There's a lot of their nut jobs, too. And we have nut jobs on the right as well. But there are many Democrats I know are reasonable people. They're just misguided. They just they just think that uh, they know better, like Nancy Pelosi and the president of Iran. But if there's a Democrat listening who's had an awakening since Friday at 1150 at night when we first heard about the missiles being launched and this massive terror attack at Israel. If there are any Democrats who've had an awakening and said, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump or anybody but Joe Biden, call us 855-839-1210. 855-839-1210. It is the Zioli Show with Opelka sitting in today and today only on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. I know it's nothing related to the day's news, but Tom Petty was just so damn good. And I miss him every time I hear a Tom Petty song. It's Michael Pelke in for Rich Zioli on the Zioli Show on this Monday. Happy, happy Columbus Day to all my Italian friends. That's right. I wish Keith Olbermann were listening and his blood pressure was making that vein in his right temple throb. We could count his pulse visually. Uh, I asked uh, if there are any uh, Democrats out there willing to uh, let us know if after the events of this weekend, they're they're thinking uh, about changing their votes. And uh, I I brought that up because a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat who's never voted for anything other than Democrats approached me yesterday and said, I just want you to know I'm done. I'm done with the Democrats. I will not vote. And uh, she happens to be uh, a a Jewish woman. And I said, what made you come to this realization? She said, my 29-year-old daughter. 
who called me and said, I'm done. And I said, interesting that it took your child's wisdom. But at least he was a good enough parent to raise a kid that's smart. Uh, The phones are ringing. Let's see what's going on here. Ted is in Swarthmore. Hey, Ted, welcome to the Zioli Show. What's on your mind? Hey, Michael. uh, Good to hear from you. Sorry Rich is not there today. But um, you can't pick on poor Lester Holt. He's finally doing some hard journalist. You know, he was interviewing, (laughs) interviewing the guy from Iran. Lester. Look at the dollar bill. Flip it over and read it. There are no instructions. <laughs> Joe gave that money for them to do whatever they wanted. Who would have ever thought? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I actually gave Lester Holt props. I said, "Listen, look at that. He's he's actually he's actually doing journalism. He's asking a follow up question that's on point." So it, it surprised me. But uh, you're right. These guys, it's so rare that we have to point it out when it happens. But they they are, um, they're confused, maybe. They're very, I have a montage I'm going to play later that has major confusion from these people. So you will see. Thank you, Ted. I appreciate you being there. Let's check in with uh, Jay and Bluebell. Hey, Jay. Uh, welcome to the Zioli Mike, Show. What's what I don't up? hear, I'm a, I'm a news junkie, and I'm also a history buff. Who are these hostages, and why were they there? It's not like the Iranians came here to the United States and captured a nice little family and brought them there. I understand one's a venture capitalist, one's an environmentalist. If they went there on their own, that's their problem. Let them stay there. I mean, that's the first point. The second point is, who the hell negotiated $6 billion plus four Iranians that we're holding for these three or four people? What a deal is that for Iran? How well, stupid and naive can this government be? Well, ha- billion, Jay, well, Jay, hang on a second. Jay, yeah. Jay, 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 reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time, Mr. Chairman. Jay, the hostages are not in Iran. The hostages that, that we're talking about are the hostages that the Hamas jack wagons took. No, hostage. no, no, no. Are you talking I'm about the other ones? Go. I'm going back when, they, when, oh, okay. when Iran released these hostages. I'm not talking about now. Well, we've had people, uh, just look, just because Americans do a dumb thing. Like, remember, it was about uh, 10 years ago. There were a couple of young Americans who wandered into Iran, and uh, they were hiking. There aren't real defined borders between Iran and Iraq, and they got captured. And so, yeah, Americans do dumb things, and we should try reasonably to rescue them. Look at the idiot uh, from the nah. WNBA who the Russians took. These guys weren't that. These guys are probably work for the CIA or something like that. They well, look maybe. like they're in great health. There's nothing wrong with them. I don't believe these are just wandered across the border. All right, that's my first point. I'll, I'll move on here. And, of course, the shell game with the $6 billion. How dumb do they think we are? The shell game. Fine. It's going to be used for humanitarian uses, so it's going to free up six billion for Iran to go ahead yeah. and fund Hamas. It's just a yeah. shell game. It's stupid government that we got. Yeah, you're going to hear the uh, term "money is fungible" for the next three days because you will that's what that. it is. But yeah. between the Biden, who's he's not too old, he's senile, and between Blinken and Kirby, you want to throw up. And as far as Israel is concerned, why wasn't security increased on the anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, which was also started on a holiday and the Sabbath? I mean, my God, how many red flags do you need? Yeah, we, I mean, that, just, that, that one, there, there will be a, uh, an investigation into that once this is all cleared up. 
and Netanyahu will face serious questions on the Israeli security failures, and we will see that happen. But thank you for being there. Appreciate you being there, Jay. Happy Columbus Day. Real quickly, I got less than a minute. Terry in Broomall. Terry, you got, you got like 30 seconds. Go. Michael, I just want to say this. Drilling for oil in this country is a matter of national security. This thing gets out of control in the Middle East right now. We're going to be paying $200 a barrel for oil. And you think $4 a gallon gas is bad? Wait till you see that. Yeah. This guy... Add a one in front of the four. You you look at fourteen dollars a gallon. If if right. we don't get back to independent America, we're going to see serious troubles going forward. Kirby, Kirby was just on Fox News, and he was saying that climate change is the most serious thing facing our country today. I hope I hope they laughed at him. I really hope they laughed at him. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Well, they have to Listen, distract I, and deflect. I got to rock and roll, though, Terry. God bless you for being there, man. Thank you, sir. It's Michael Pelkin for Zioli today. Today only. He'll be back tomorrow on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. And on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Mm-hmm. It is not Rich Zioli. It's Michael Pelka. In today and today only, Rich returns in 23 hours. Okay? Everybody good with that? I hope so. He'll be back tomorrow. I, I promise you. I vow to you. If I'm here tomorrow, run for the hills. No, he'll be back tomorrow. We're trying to get to everything. It's such a busy news day. It was such a busy news weekend. If you were with me on my Saturday night show from 7 to 10, uh, aside from trying not to get updates on the Phillies game as it was going out and what a game it turned out to be, I'm trying to record it at home so that at 10 o'clock I could go home after the show and watch it. And all my jack wagon friends are texting me, hey, did you see that? Wow, that was a great home run. And I'm like, shut up. Anyway, tonight, game two, six o'clock. I'll have to put a blackout again from six to seven so I can go home, watch the game on delay, and turn off my phone. But I will. I will do that. I'll turn, dutifully turn over to the news channels that I've been monitoring like a fiend since Friday evening. Unlike Joe Biden, who got up at uh, 7 30, 8 o'clock, yeah, you know, took, made his calls. Meanwhile, it started eight hours before then. And then the White House tried to make up some kind of fakakta statement that they uh, they said, oh, yeah, uh, we, we woke him up at 2.30 to tell him what was going on. Sure you did. Sure you did. I could just see them coming into the presidential bedroom. Sir. Sir. That's Jill. She snores. And they, they wake him up and tell him, anything I can do? No, sir, go back to bed. And they wake him up then at 7.30 to change him, I guess. That's probably what they had to do. I just wish we had a President Trump 
in the White House in situations like this. President Trump was in New Hampshire recently. And just listening to President Trump makes you realize uh, things would be very different if a President Trump were in charge. Now, who could imagine a war, right? With people pouring into our country and we have no idea from where they come. The same people in many cases, the same people that just attacked Israel. You know that, right? Can you imagine what this guy has done to us, what he's done to us? That would have never happened. The attack on Israel would never, ever have happened. The attack on Ukraine would never have happened. I can't disagree with that statement at all. And the only thing I do disagree with is when when Donald Trump says, uh, can you imagine what this guy has done? There's no need to imagine what Joe Biden has done to this country. All we have to do is is look back through history. Just read the papers from what this guy has done, for God's sakes. It is terrible. It's embarrassing. It is offensive to people who are <sighs> Americans, who understand what this country is about, who understand that freedom is kind of key and not uh, being told what to do, as I mentioned earlier, this, the whole squad reference we gave you earlier. Oh, it's so, so irritating. Uh, we do have uh, uh, Benjamin Weingarten is going to join us in 30 minutes or less, actually. And uh, we're going to talk about the latest in, uh, in Israel, the latest on the Hamas attack. We will um, we'll get to as much of it as we can. I, I, know it's, uh, I know it's Columbus Day. I started thinking about it because uh, my wife and I ordered Italian food. <laughs> today uh we had an italian lunch because i was going to work through dinner we usually eat around six o'clock and so and i was thinking just what's the greatest italian dish ever i you could default to pizza but is there is there an italian dish that you say that would be the greatest dish and uh so you can you could throw out an answer at uh 855-839-1210 what's the best italian dish uh, we did have the event today, the event here with uh, Robert Kennedy making the announcement that really was the worst kept secret ever. Robert Kennedy announcing that he's he's going to run as an independent. No, you're kidding. You could have knocked me over with a freight train. Yeah, Robert Kennedy in Philadelphia, which is kind of cool that he came to Philadelphia. And was staring at Independence Hall when he made his announcement. A pretty healthy crowd. Of course, Dan was there. Dan Borowski there. I think you could see Dan standing up in the crowd. I kept looking for him. I'm squinting. I'm watching on Twitter, X. And uh, I'm looking for Dan because, you know, he's just so tall. But uh, Kennedy it, it pretty, pretty much had a little problem at the beginning. I got to play this clip for you. Um, the only thing that's missing is the Curb Your enthusiasm theme song but uh his his speech had a rough start i need my speech <laughs> he walks off stage you can't, you can't read anything you can't read anything what yeah. It, it, it's, it's upside down. 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 
Now, exactly. It's upside down. I need my speech. It's it's not on the podium. What? Read the teleprompter? It's upside down. I'm telling you. Cheryl. Cheryl. That was great. That was great. <laughs> just such a lovely moment. Uh, I, I just. I feel for him, but I also think that the first thing you do when you're making this big announcement reflects your organization. So here you have Robert Kennedy coming out there to give the big speech. They had a they had a Native American guy out there because the people on the left don't view this as Columbus Day, even though it is Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day, everybody. Uh, they view this as Indigenous People's Day. Sure, sure. You keep telling yourself that. Sure, it's Columbus Day, Bobo. Uh, but so then we went from there to Cheryl Hines, his wife. And uh, Henry and I were talking about this before the show started. I thought they just got married like a couple of years ago. Didn't you, Henry? Weren't you thinking? Well, I had no idea they were even married in the first place. Oh, well, see, they showed up at a lot of events in the last couple of years. And I'm like, first of all, uh, how did he get her? Because she's an attractive, healthy, young, uh, younger woman. Totally. And, and then I thought, well, it's the Kennedy thing, you know. That helps. The Kennedy, you, when you play the Kennedy card, <laughs> that's like you, you're halfway home. You're yeah. round in second, man. Uh, can I mentioned I'm a Kennedy. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yes, yes, why? Yes, those Kennedys. <laughs> Kennedy Bunport, not this weekend. I'm having my place repainted. Martha Stewart's in there. Yes, that Martha Stewart. She's actually got a brush and she's doing the painting. I'm a Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, it was, uh, uh, so they've been married how long now? Uh, since 2014, so almost oh, 10 years. Holy cow. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> and uh, do you have the introduction to her when she spoke? I do, I do. Okay. Here. There we go. All Ladies right. and gentlemen, actress, entrepreneur, and soon to be the funniest first lady in history... Cheryl Hines. So that's actually how they introduced her. Yep. They, uh, she's actress, entrepreneur, and soon to be the funniest first lady in history. Can't argue with that. Oh, I don't know. I, I understand that uh, uh, Bess Truman <laughs> could rip a limerick better than anybody. That Bess Truman, Harry Truman's wife, used to come out. And said, there once was a man from Nantucket, and everybody in the White House said, no, no, Bess, no, do not go there. But yeah, the funniest first lady, because, you know, that's how we want to be known around the world, is having the funniest first lady. And then she came out, and, and she, I, you know, I wish her speech was upside down, because I sat through the whole thing thinking she can't be going to, to spend too much time, because usually we went from the Native American guy who was, you know, he was good. And he talked about the, uh, the, the, the tribes coming together, which is kind of a running theme through the, the Kennedy speech and what he wants to do to reunite America. And then he went off stage and the, the guy introduced the future funniest first lady in the history of the country. Yeah, I know Martha Washington also had a book of filthy poems. Never got published. There's like three handwritten copies out there somewhere. 
that we should read those two. They were equivalent to, they used to refer to them as the uh, American Canterbury Tales. If you read the Canterbury Tales in high school, you know what I'm talking about. The Miller's Tale, right? Am I right? That was nasty. Uh, but uh, the funniest first lady. But she, um, she kind of gave us a, a little clue as to how she views Robert Kennedy Jr. She doesn't think of him as Robert. She thinks of him as Bobby. 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 Bobby's when Bobby and Bobby. Bobby. One thing I know about Bobby. Bobby is Bobby Kennedy. Bobby. See, (laughs) it got irritating. Because the speech itself, her entire address was like three and a half, four minutes long. Right, Henry? Yeah, if that. So 10, 10 mentions of Bobby in, in three minutes. That's like three per minute. She, <laughs> yeah, she, she really, was getting in. She's, she's working in there. She wants you to know who is running for president. Bobby? Bobby? I, I, I just don't know if we could have President Bobby. When I think of Bobby, I think of the great sandwich joint here in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, where I live, Capriati's, where you go and you order a Bobby, and it's Thanksgiving on a roll. You know, it's thanks. It's like a Thanksgiving hoagie. Isn't this hoagie day? Uh, no, it's not. That was yesterday or Friday, I think. But it's a turkey and cranberries and stuffing on a roll. So that's a Bobby to me. I had to think about this. Bobby? Bobby? And then he came out and he, he didn't have his speech ready. It was upside down in the teleprompter. It was a giant mess. And uh, I thought that reading the speech was better than listening to the speech. He did mention in the first minute, in the very first minute, he he mentioned his his father, Robert Kennedy Sr., who probably would have been president if a crazy man, Sirhan Sirhan, did not assassinate him just literally weeks before he would have been the nominee for the Democrats and they would have easily won that election, I believe. But he mentioned his father, my father, who was killed. So he gets the assassination in there early. He also mentioned Cheryl and I came here, not for this, but, you know, to see the Eagles, to get the pandering applause line in there. That was cringeworthy. But you got to do it. It's it's low-hanging fruit. It is. But, you know, then Cheryl should have come out in an Eagles jersey. That would have been nice. That should have said First Lady on the back. Yeah, that would have been a good touch. Yeah, but no, if you're going to pander, pander as much as possible. You know, pander to come out with, have Swoop out there on stage with you. It would have been great. But no, he did get, and now I should put up these two pictures. I did a couple of screen grabs as I was watching this on Twitter X. The camera from the back. Did you did you actually watch this, Henry? No, I didn't. Okay, you were just listening to it because I'm. Yeah. I'm like, get me all those, get me all those bobbies, and he's like, are you kidding me? We have an hour to the show. Oh, just please. Uh, but you did it. Thank you. But watching it, the the camera that was in the back, the front facing uh, Kennedy camera, it looked like he had he had been to the tanning salon every day for the last sixty days. I mean, he looked super tan. And then they had a camera that was just under the lectern where he was speaking, just right there on the, uh, it was his left side, the visual right side from the audience. And it, it doesn't look like he has hardly any tan at all. And I'm thinking, who's running the show? Who's paying attention here? But 
I'll post those. He also referenced uh, Tennyson. So he got Alfred Lord Tennyson and uh, a, a poem he wrote about wealth inequality. And I'm thinking, okay, I missed that in my English lit class. Uh, he talked about, he quoted George Washington, quoted uh, Lincoln, Jesus, John Adams. Uh, This guy was pulling history out of every orifice, which was good. And I think I think this was a speech that will appeal to a lot of people in the middle. And a lot of people that are that are going to look for Robert Kennedy as as an independent choice over the the parties. A lot of people are done with the party system. Kennedy came out at the very beginning. I think this is him actually announcing he's running as an independent. At hotels and malls on the street. And they remind me that this country is ready for a history-making change. They are ready, they are ready to reclaim their freedom, their independence. And yes, yes. Can you say more? And that's why I'm here today. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. They had a pretty decent-sized crowd there. There were pre-printed signs that say, Kennedy 2024, declare your independence. It was, uh, it was a well-constructed speech that also slammed the corruption that we all know exists in Washington on both sides. The corruption of big money in Washington, D.C. The corruption of big pharma, big oil, big everything that has has gone in there and poured money into the pockets of the politicians to the point where the people feel like no one's listening to us anymore. Now, we finally felt with Donald Trump that we have somebody who's listening to us. We felt like Donald Trump talked to us in our language. He spoke like one of us. President Trump was a guy that you envisioned you could sit down across the table and have a conversation with him. Robert Kennedy, though, is out there. He's quoting. He's Like I said, he's quoting Tennyson. He's using SAT words all the time. But he does have some catchphrases that will bring in people that will bring folks in from the middle. But we talked about the fact that he's from the Kennedy family. He mentioned his uncle Teddy and how he wants to be a president who is as productive as his Senator uncle Ted Kennedy was productive, not just with the ladies, but with creating legislation. Now, I I don't judge success in a politician based on how many bills they pass. I would judge it based on the kinds of bills they passed. What did they pass? Ted Kennedy had his hands, his fingerprints on a lot of bills. So according to Robert Kennedy Jr., that made him a success. But uh, I I don't know if the entire Kennedy family's on board. In fact, Kerry Kennedy... Uh, posted something just a couple hours ago after the announcement. Kerry Kennedy, RFK, on, on Twitter X, wrote, Bobby might share the same name as our father, but he does not share the same values, vision, or judgment. 
Wow. Talk about an ouch. Ouch. Today's announcement is deeply saddening for us. We denounce his candidacy and believe it to be perilous for our country. Wow. It's like Kerry Kennedy went into the town square with a, a, a leg of lamb on a rope and swung it over her head and said, with this lamb, I rebuke you. That's some kind of ancient thing that happened. Uh, so Carrie Kennedy posted that. She also posted uh, a note, a statement from other candidates today, from Rory Kennedy, Carrie Kennedy, the Honorable Joseph P. Kennedy II, and Kathleen Kennedy Townsend saying the decision of our brother to run as a third party candidate against Joe Biden is dangerous to our country. Does that mean you think he could win or you think he would prevent Joe from winning and maybe help Donald Trump win? I just wonder what you think that means. Hmm. Bobby might share the same name as her father, but he does not share the same value, same vision, judgment. Today's announcement is deeply saddening for us. We denounce his candidacy. We believe it to be perilous for the country. 2.6 million people have viewed that already. But I, I will tell you, Kennedy came out sounding a little bit Trumpian in, in several of his uh, statements, sounding like he was he was saying we have to take back our country. In fact, he ended by saying, we have to take back our country. And when Donald Trump would say, we have to take back our country, what did the mainstream media say? From who? From who? Is anybody saying that now? Kennedy had to go independent because the Democrats had effectively blocked him on every level. They had effectively blocked him. They were not going to let him debate Joe Biden. He would have destroyed Joe Biden, destroyed him on a debate stage. And now if he runs independent, he might have to get Secret Service protection that was denied him when he was running as a Democrat because he was not the nominee. You see, you have to be the nominee in order to get presidential protection or Secret Service protection uh, unless you're a previously a president. So this is a big stinking move. And I think listening to Kennedy, I'm going to coin this term, liberal populism. I think Robert Kennedy is showing us liberal populism. The way Donald Trump was showing us nationalism and make America great populism, I think Kennedy is trying to bring people in from the fringes of the left and try and create this. We will see. Well, the, the polling will start happening soon. And if he starts moving up in the polls, guess what? You're going to see more attacks from the left. All right. Uh, we're, we're just a few minutes away from my friend Benjamin Weingarten joining us to break down what's happening with the attack on Israel, the terror attack on Israel. I believe they've just let us know that the number of Americans dead has increased. And this is such a tragedy. And it is, it is uh, right at the center of the Biden administration when it comes to blame. I firmly believe that the weakness of this administration is one of the main reasons Hamas, Iran, Hezbollah, anybody who's emboldened. And then the question is, what does China do next? What does North Korea do? What does Russia do? What does any of our uh, vast collection of enemies decide they can get away with now? We'll talk about it all. Michael Pelka in for Rich Zioli. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. 
Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. As another famous leftist, Jackson Brown. But they had a good song, Running on Empty. I'm sure that's uh, a uh, theme song I should be using after my 10 hours of sleep since Friday and all that's going on in the Middle East and the attack on Israel by Hamas. Uh, We'll get an update in just a couple of minutes from Benjamin Weingarten, who, if you're not watching Benjamin on Newsmax or following him, he's got a great sub stack out there as well. We'll talk to him, and and, uh, I encourage you to follow him. He's just a smart dude. I worked with him when I was at The Blaze. One of the the people that you, you meet when you're at a company, you go... Golly, if we can keep this guy here, he's really good. And then, you know, he's going to go places. But we'll get to him in a second. Frank is on the phone. Hello, Frank. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Nice to see you. Nice to see you. hear from you on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm called into emergency duty for Zioli. He'll be back tomorrow. I guarantee it. You were asking, what's our favorite Italian dish? Yeah, what's the, if, if okay. you were to say you could only, like, only have one Italian dish for the rest of your life, not every day, but if you're going to have Italian, this would be the dish. What is it? Well, just to let you know, I'm 
there's not a drop of Italian in me. I'm CIA. You know what that means, right? Cuban, I, Irish, American. Okay, there's, there's black jeans <laughs> and immigrants. But I, this is important. I identify as Italian. My pronouns are Penny and Ziti. Okay, you with me? <laughs> I identify. Good. Very um, good. I like anything Italian. Uh, I mean, I don't care if it's ravioli or ravioli, manicotti, and spaghetti meatballs. But my favorite one is so simple. That's probably why I like it the best. Angel hair with pecorino romano and some sauce on top of it. If you got peppers uh-huh. and onions, chop them up, throw them in the sauce. It's delicious. So you make it in like 10 minutes. It's fantastic. Well, you got to say now, capellini. You don't just say angel. You got to say capellini. Yeah. Ravioli. Ravioli. Manicotti. <laughs> Capagol. Right. I identify. My pronouns are Penny and Ziti. Don't be a fan. I swear to God. My dad soaked the beans. He made beans like three times a week. He soaked them every night. Mom was all Irish. I was Ricky Ricardo Jr., but I identify as Italian. Very good. Very good. Thank anyway, you, Frank. Mike. Michael, yeah. on Saturday, I think his name was Terry. He was supposed to call you today. I missed the first 45 minutes. He did. Minutes. He called. He called early. So who, who was the person? I missed it. Who was the person's name? Terry from Broomall. No, no. About a guy who was at the golf out and had tricolor hair. He had a sign, John 314 or something. Oh, he didn't, he didn't tell us that. That's, uh, you know, he called at the end of the hour. So, Terry, if you're listening, you have to call back and, and, and make good on your tees. Thank you for reminding me, Frank. You recorded a great, a great radio teaser because right, he, yeah, he had a house hanging. It was, there. it wasn't. I didn't make a note to bug him about it, but thank you. I now, appreciate it. Italian dish, Mike. Uh, I, I'm gonna have. I'll reveal it at the end of the show. At the end of the show, uh, now you give me a radio tease. That's it. See, that's called time Thanks, spent Mike. listening. Uh, that's a good. <laughs> my program director will call me and say, "Good job on the time spent listening." Very good. Hey, Mike, yes. I did not hear RFK's speech, but what's, why do you have to read from a prompter? Can you just, it's pretty simple, I'm going to run as independent, blah, blah, blah. Do you have to read a prompter well, or something like that? Come yeah, on. Yeah, you, you use the prompter, and, you know, this happens um, not so much because he's, he's not smart, but you want to make sure you get all your talking points in. And it was about a 40-minute speech. It wasn't. It wasn't just a quick, I'm an independent. It was, here are the reasons why I'm going to be an independent. And so you want to make sure it's probably bullet points that scroll by on a teleprompter, but he needed to have a hard copy in front of him. And it was pretty fluid once he got into it. So it's not like when Joe Biden reads it and actually reads the directions on the stage, like, (laughs) you know, walk to the left, bring quote up. Yeah, but it was it was a good. He delivered it well, other than the beginning, and it was very left populist. That's what I say. It's it's an it's a new kind of political candidacy. Liberal populism is what I'm calling it. But I got I got, I, I hate to say this, Frank. I got a bigger name on the line. I got Benjamin okay. Weingarten I'll on catch the you line. Saturday night, Mike. Thank you, brother. God bless. See ya. Uh, Frank's one of the regulars on the Saturday Night Show, 7 to 10, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, my friend Benjamin Weingarten is also uh, just a great brain and a great writer, and he breaks stuff down on a, on a very intelligent yet understandable level for people like me. And uh, if you've been watching Newsmax lately, he's getting a lot of airtime there. And he has an uh, opinion piece coming out in the New York Post tomorrow. And he's very kind uh, to uh, to give us a, a look at what he's up to. And he's here with us right now. Uh, Benjamin Weingarten, welcome, my friend. Well, Mike, uh, thanks for having me and for that kind introduction. It's a pleasure, as always, to be with you. 
Well, you're you're like the hardest working guy. You're always grinding and grinding and grinding. Now, I told everybody I've slept ten hours since uh, Friday night because when when the first news broke just before midnight, I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, how about you? Have you slept at all? Uh, it's been kind of sleepless nights as well, uh, trying to take in all the news and digest what's occurring and think through what comes next. Uh, and obviously. The images that uh, we're seeing on social media and elsewhere are some of the most horrific and unspeakable things that one could witness. But I also think it's imperative that people witness them to see the true evil that exists in this world uh, and that thrives on weakness and even worse, acting complicitly with that evil. Now, when you say uh, it's important to watch this, uh, you and I worked together in New York City at, an, at a newsroom in New York City when we were both at The Blaze. And I remember having arguments with people about why the 9-11 footage need to be seen over and over again. And people were saying, no, we we got to stop showing that. And you're of the opinion, I imagine, the same opinion as I was, that we, we should never stop showing that and that you feel the same way about this this footage of the attack on Israel. Yeah, you know, I understand the argument of this is a propaganda coup for the other side. They want these images propagated. They want to instill fear in, you know, in our case, the great Satan, and then for the little Satan as well in Israel. But I think people need to see the truth. They can't run from the truth. And when you have barbarism and savagery at a Nazi level, at an animalistic level, Americans need to see that and everyone around the world needs to see that because they need to have an understanding that evil thrives again on weakness and complicity and that not everyone is the same. Different peoples are different. We don't all just want to get along and send our kids to a good school and have a nice life for ourselves. There are people who are driven by other things. If the reporting's accurate, part of that naivete is baked into how this darkest day in 50 years in Israel transpired, being lulled into a false sense of security, that, well, oh, the people in Gaza just wanted economic opportunity and that then the jihad would erode. No, the jihadists want to perpetrate a genocide in Israel. The Islamic supremacists globally want to be the dominant world power and make everyone to submit to them. And their words should be taken literally and seriously, and now we see the consequences when they're not. Well, in the Charter of Hamas, I mentioned it in the first hour of the show, in the Charter of Hamas, the the killing of all Jews is part of what they're out for, correct? It's not just, uh, we want the state of Israel eliminated, they want every Jew killed. Yes, it's it's explicit, and so when people, you know, you have the left, obviously, trying to make it seem like this is somehow justifiable. This is not about land. This is not about things that have happened historically. This is about the fact that they cannot tolerate Jews living in their ancient homeland or anywhere else for that matter. They are barbarians and they want to destroy civilized life. And what, what we see, the reason we need to see those images is to 
summon the strength and the courage to say we are never going to cower in the face of them. And to your point, it's the same thing with 9-11. If we don't see it, if it's not clear for all to see, that is when we in the West end up vulnerable at the end of the day. Well, it kind of feels like uh, just based on the increasing numbers of Americans we hear were killed, it's now CNN is actually saying confirmed 11 Americans have been killed and we don't know how many American hostages have been taken. It seems like we as Americans are unsafe around the world. Uh, and, and I have to wonder if we're safe here in our, our own country based on the 7 million plus who crossed our borders in the last two years and nine months. It, it feels like um, we ought to be paying a little more attention in our own land and not just when we're overseas. Well, it's absolutely right. And I'll make two, I'll try to make them quick points on that. The first is it is out. The, the Biden administration has the blood of Americans on its hands based upon what has occurred in Israel in no small part because it's it's had a concerted effort to elevate Iran, to promote Iran, aid, abet, and enable it, which by all accounts appears to have been behind and integral to this massive attack that took place by its proxy. Hamas and who knows what Hez- Iran-backed Hezbollah will ultimately do as this conflict unfolds in the coming days. Uh, and weeks, and then also by putting the screws to Israel in a variety of ways, including try, trying to foment leftist aggression towards the government there, which created a divided Israel and made it uniquely vulnerable during this time. So strengthening Iran on the one hand and cudgeling Israel on the other hand, contributing to this. And then as for uh, us at home, let's not forget, Israel is one of the most hardened places in the world. It's surrounded by enemies that threaten its annihilation at all times. And for all of the sophisticated technology that existed and the multi-layered defenses and such, that country, which is supposed to be a bastion of security, got overrun very quickly in a shock and awe display that, again, by all accounts, has all the hallmarks of a very well-concerted and sophisticated incursion led by Iran. Our borders, as you know, are wide open. We have people flooding in from everywhere. Same thing, obviously, in Europe, for that matter, with the millions who have fled majority Islamic countries uh, in recent years. So we are incredibly vulnerable here at home. We are far more open and lax than Israel is because Israel is an imperative cannot be. So the notion that this can be pulled off in Israel means it could be far worse here. And and the question has to be asked, how many potential Hezbollah cells are operating in the U.S. right now? And would they be activated to the extent the U.S. shows support for Israel over time in what's to come? You can bet that there'll be threatening attacks here. Uh, and, And there have been Hezbollah cells found. And let's note the most disturbing thing with this administration, probably, is that there appears to have been an Iranian spy ring in this administration led by the State Department envoy to Iran, Robert Malley, who's under investigation by the FBI for his potential mishandling classified information, as well as someone who he brought into the government, a chief of staff in the Pentagon's counterterrorism office. These are Iranian agents of influence, or they're dupes, or they're useful idiots. And to what extent is there a nexus between that potential compromise and what occurred in Israel? All questions that need to be sorted out, if we had a real media, they might be, 
Uh, instead, you know, it's pretty much left to conservatives to ask these questions. Yeah, and thank God for conservatives like uh, Benjamin Weingarten, who we're talking to right now, to to bring these questions forward and, and to make sure that people are paying attention. Uh, Benjamin's op-ed piece in the New York Post, That's this one ran today, didn't it? Or is this coming out tomorrow? It's online now, and it'll be in print tomorrow. Is it okay if I tweet out a link to it? Yeah, please do. Okay, I will do that. Uh, Benjamin writes uh, as well, has got a great sub stack. Where should we be following you, Ben? You have two places, uh, at BH Weingarten on Twitter, where I'm probably too active, and then uh, on my sub stack at weingarten.substack.com. Weingarten.substack.com is a great place to go, and you could subscribe there, too, and get even more stuff. My friend, I know you, you need a nap and uh, I know you're not going to take it. You're going to be on this. I appreciate you being there and uh, keep up the great work and the great reporting. Thank you. Well, likewise, Mike, and thanks so much for having me. Be well. There he goes. Uh, it's a, a very sober voice, but he's actually one of the funnier guys you'd ever run into. Has a great sense of humor. But uh, on this subject, uh, on these subjects, it's important because what people aren't looking at is what's below the surface. Uh, the the two stories that uh, Ben mentioned at the end of our discussion, the two members of the administration currently under investigation for colluding, possibly, with Iran, or were they just stupid? Were they just, as he mentioned, useful idiots that were being uh, toyed with by the Iranians? And there's a lot of that going on all around the country. Let's not forget the late Dianne Feinstein, DiFi, as they called her, the senator from California, who's now been replaced by LaFonza Butler, the Fonz. Uh, Feinstein had a spy as her driver for years. And only when the, the CIA finally got worried about it did, did we learn about it. So that's a big stinking deal. But I will, uh, as I mentioned To Benjamin, I will tweet out a link to his piece entitled Terror Attack on Israel is the direct result of Biden aiding and enabling evil Iran. It is called connecting the dots, people, and we have to connect the dots. We have a couple other uh, stories that are breaking that relate to what's going on in the country. I want to talk some more about the Speaker of the House situation because uh, what we learned in this attack on Israel is um, that the Democrat leader in the House, Hakeem Jeffries, a guy who I think is just a dangerous politician, Hakeem Jeffries, a a really far leftist, a Nancy Pelosi acolyte, Hakeem Jeffries got a briefing on the attack by Hamas in Israel. No Republican House member got a briefing because we don't have a formal Speaker of the House It seems like the Speaker pro tem should have been afforded that. But no, that didn't happen. So another casualty, if you will, of um, the the change in the speakership is that no Republican has been briefed by our intelligence sources on, on what the heck happened. And to me, that's a problem. And tomorrow, when when we're back in Congress and everybody's back in their places and we're going to start making moves towards electing a speaker again, uh, are we going to get a decision soon?
Because if, if this war escalates, if this thing goes further, it would behoove us to have a Speaker of the House, both so we can help Israel and keep our government moving forward. We'll talk about the speakership and a couple of the crazy stories that I have to get to as well. Um, Henry, are you involved in uh, it's it's not um, dry tober. What are they calling this uh, sober October thing? Do you know about this? I'd imagine they just call it sober October, right? I uh, that might be it. It was apparently started by Joe Rogan. Do you do you know anybody who's doing this? Uh, no, honestly, I don't. Not, we not gotta, anyone that's like publicly come out and said it, no. Okay, we could talk during the break. I got to get into this as well. You can join the conversation with us. 855-839-1210 is the number. It's Mike Opelka in for Ritz, the only two-day and two-day only on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Do that, Huey. Boy, talk about uh, late 80s classic. Huey Lewis in the news. Is is he still doing shows? Phil would know. Phil goes to every concert everywhere. I think he goes to concerts every single day. It does seem that way, but no, he is not doing shows anymore because I think he uh, lost his hearing, so he can't do any shows anymore. So he's just playing golf. Yes, correct. He's doing uh, four, actually. (laughs) (laughs) F-O-R-E. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, what a great guy, Huey Lewis. Uh, we, uh, we, I, during the break, I was checking some of the social media. Uh, Danny, the man, is uh, very active today on Twitter. Thank you, Danny, uh, responding to my question about the greatest Italian dish by far is carbonara. I'm a true snob of the dish, recognizing there's only two types. Oh, my God. And wait, wait, wait. This isn't carbonara. Although I still eat it, prefer no peas. Yeah, I'm, I'm part of the anti-pea army. I, I'm not a fan of the little green balls of dirt, as we used to tell my nieces and nephews. No, don't eat the peas. Adults tell you to eat peas. They're, they're actually little green balls of dirt. And then my sisters call me and tell me what is wrong with you, telling our children that. But uh, thank you, Danny, for being there. So many. I tweeted out uh, Benjamin Weingarten's uh, article in the New York Post, which you should read and, and follow him. He's he's a good dude. Uh, very serious uh, when you when you hear him. But he's also a, a really good guy. Uh, Terry from Brumo is back because I guess he he heard the clarion call from, from Frank in I North left, Philly. I left you Saturday night. Yes. I'll tell you the story. Yes. I'm home in March of 88, three inches of snow on the ground. Buddy of mine calls me. He says, I'm coming over. I said, come on over. Watch the row. My wife's out of town. I'll get some beer and pizza. And he comes over, and we're watching the program. And that guy with the hair and the John 316 signs. Yeah. Every hole, every green so my lighter stopped working. I reached into the dish, and I pulled a pack of matches out, and lo and behold, where were they from? Doral. So I called Doral Country Club, and I said, I want to talk to the producer. She goes, well, he's producing the golf tournament right now. You can't just interrupt him. She said, give me your number, and I'll have him call you. Well, I said, look, I'll give you a toll-free number, and give me a call Monday, anywhere from the United States. He calls 
Monday morning, my secretary sticks her head in the door at ten, quarter after 10, said, there's a guy from NBC on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> now, I I started thinking, oh, boy. I said, all right, I pick it up. I said, this Terry, how can I help you? He said, you called during the program, and you have a problem with the production. I said, well, I do. I said, the guy with the green, purple, orange hair with a sign, John 316. By the way, his name, his name is Roland Stewart. I didn't know that. I, I'm, so, I'm a freak that way. Okay. So I said to him, I said, look, I work for one of the top five truck equipment companies in the United States. I was general manager, and I'm just going to call it ABC Truck Equipment. Okay. I said, if I show up at your next tournament with a sign, ABC Truck Equipment, Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, and a phone number, and stand behind every green, are you going to let me on TV, or is that free advertising? The phone went silent (laughs) for about... For about five seconds, and he comes back on, he said, I got your point. I will take care of it. So I just wanted to call back and let you know, because I didn't realize I had a fan out there, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah. But Mike. Well, you do, Terry. Thank you for my call. Well, uh, Terry, just to let you know, Roland Stewart, the man who was responsible for holding up those signs that said John 316 at sporting events forever and ever, um, he is now serving three life sentences in Mule Creek State Prison. Oh, (laughs) whoops. Yeah, yeah. He turned out he was convicted of multiple kidnapping charges following a 1992 incident uh, and now is... um, He's now holding up 316 signs in the prison cafeteria. <laughs> just saying. Well, that just puts icing on the cake, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. It's very. I, we always I like wondered it. what happened like to that guy. guy. <laughs> Thanks for your call screener, too. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you very much, Terry. There he goes. Now we, we've, uh, we've closed the loop on Terry's great tease from the Saturday Night Show. Uh, we have so much to get to. I just got a note uh, with the latest changes in the uh, automotive strike. Lauren Fix, the car coach, is going to join us in the 6 o'clock hour to give us an update on what's happening with the automotive strike, which affects the American economy. It is a gigantic strain on the American economy. Plus, we still have the actors still on strike, and we still have now uh, healthcare strikes that are widening. Is this economy going to be held back because the guy who said he was the labor president, Joe Biden, couldn't solve any of the problems between labor and uh, big corporations? kind of looks that way, doesn't it? Plus, uh, Sober October, we have to get into that. And what's your favorite Italian dish? It is Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day to you and yours. I'm Michael Pelka in for Rich Zioli on The Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast
Try and get you 30 minutes of nonstop talk. It's Michael Pelka in for Ritzioli at four minutes after five on a Monday. Happy Columbus Day. I hope you're going out to uh, celebrate. Maybe you're going to go watch the Phillies game tonight. Let's get another one. Let's get another one, please. That would be great. And uh, I didn't comment on the... uh, Eagles game yesterday because I, I don't want to be a phony. I do like watching the Phillies play baseball. I'm a baseball fan. My teams always suck. I'm a Chicago White Sox fan and they suck. So what can I do? But I enjoy watching the Phillies because it's got such a great team spirit. I, you know, the Eagles have destroyed my Chicago Bears on several occasions, ruining playoff hopes in the past, but I watch and cheer on the Eagles. So congratulations. I posted a license plate I saw today in Delaware supporting the Philadelphia Eagles. And um, I I hope things go very well because we like it when the hometown wins here in Philadelphia. Um, So many things I want to get to. As I said, it's Columbus Day. Tell us what's your favorite Italian dish, 855-839-1210. We're going to talk about what's going on with the Speaker of the House. We'll give you an update. There are more, uh, more bits of news coming out of Israel as it relates to what Hamas did this weekend and what Israel's about to do. I just I just want us all to understand what this is like. You know, we, we live still in the greatest country on the planet. I know we grouse and gripe and say, you know, these guys, are they're, they're not doing the right thing. And I agree with that. We have so many problems we need to fix inside our government. When, when you look at what's going on around the world, in Israel, just for the last three days— Going into a fourth day, uh, these folks wake up or, or they try and live their life with this kind of sound going on around them. You know, as a kid growing up in the uh, in the mid '60s and living a wonder wonder years like life, we we still had the the concern of a Cold War, nuclear war. But the people in Israel, the people in many parts of the world, they're experiencing that in Ukraine as well. So we're lucky. We're very lucky. We just hope that never comes here. Never. So while we we're We'll keep up on that. Be thankful you live in the greatest country on the planet, and let's just work to keep making it or keep holding it as the greatest country on the planet. Phones are very active today, and I appreciate that. 855-839-1210 is the number. Alex is in Swarthmore. Hello, Alex. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Yes, sir. Always nice to talk to you. Um, Veal Parmesan. Is the Ooh. dish that you the, a good one? But you know, ever since Palumbo's closed up, there's really not. A, I can't find a good Italian restaurant. You would think in Philadelphia there'd be one to match Palumbo's. I'm sure someone's going to call in with a good suggestion. But uh, veal parm, it's a good staple. I I tend to go uh, with a, a lighter dish, although 
Somebody recommended uh, lasagna. I think it was Danny online again, recommending lasagna. A good homemade lasagna, nice fresh made pasta with uh, layers of, of sauce, gravy, whatever you want to call it, and different either ground meats or even a, a veggie lasagna is good. But yeah, we're trying to identify, in honor of Columbus Day, the greatest Italian dish. Uh, veal parm, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Well, sure. You know, we many times used to go to Little Italy in Baltimore. I mean, if you want to find a conglomeration of good Italian restaurants within a few blocks, that's the place. Well, I would also say Arthur Avenue in the Bronx in New York. Everybody says, go to Little Italy in lower Manhattan. No, you you had to go to Arthur Avenue in the Bronx to really get Italian food in New York. And Philly's got its share as well. My question is, if Israel, who is usually on the top of their game when it comes to intelligence, missed this, what are we missing? And well, that's, I was that's telling a good my question. granddaughter. I'm sorry, go ahead. I would say that's a good question, but you you talk about Israel being at the top of their game. Yeah, we always look at Israel and say they've been surrounded for years. And uh, I, I think this came on the heels of the end of the High Holy Days. So, you know, maybe people thought we got through the High Holy Days. Thank God we're going to get back to normal life. And then just as the High Holy Holidays were ending, uh, this attack happened. And it was so massive and so coordinated, mm. you had to think it had been very well planned for a long time. Plus, uh, it, it's been alluded to here a couple of times. Israel has been, um, let's say, uh, distracted by some internal political squabbles. The country was split and has been split because Netanyahu was trying to make judicial reforms that a lot of people on the on the left side of the country didn't like. So they were having similar arguments that we were having here. And now you bring up a good point. If Israel was distracted, are we being distracted as well by our own internal struggles? Well, you know the answer to that one, but I'll tell you something. I really believe this. I was telling my granddaughter today, you take public transportation every morning, be prepared. Ladies, you wear high heels, always pack a pair of walking shoes. You never know when you're going to have to walk five or ten miles. Um, something, your train gets stranded because it can't get to where it's going or whatever it is. Be prepared for What if you're trapped somewhere? Think ahead. What can you put in your, let's say, backpack or something where you can be prepared in case you're trapped somewhere? Because you just don't know when the next attack is going to take place. We have to be vigilant here. Well, here's, the, here's one of the problems, Alex. We're, we're, and Robert Kennedy made a reference to this at um, Independence Park today earlier when he made his announcement. We're at a position in the country where a great portion of our population lives paycheck to paycheck. And they don't, they don't have the wherewithal to maybe stockpile or have, you know, a little safety net for themselves to say, could I live for 24, 48 hours if everything turned off? Look, Israel's talking about turning off the power in Gaza, just cutting off all, all food and water and power and, until they get this thing settled, which they probably will. But you, you're talking about something as simple as taking uh, public transportation, we know that Philadelphia's had some real serious crime problems in the past few months. Now, maybe since the incident with the young lady 
whose car got smashed, the rear window got smashed up by that jack wagon on a motorcycle. Maybe now the city's going to wake up. I doubt it. But I, I, I tell everybody, I, t- I tell my wife this. When I walk into a building with her, when we go into any building, the first thing I do is look for an exit other than the one we just walked in, the entrance we just walked in. Because what if something happens? Where's the easiest way to get out? So if you're on a bus. Sage advice. Sage advice, my friend. And I would say, um, think of all the things that could go wrong. And are you ready? If you were to be stranded five or ten miles from home, how would you be able to make your way? In other words, be prepared. Because I think this Iran, these people are, they're devils. And I I believe they already have sleeper cells here. If they didn't, I don't know how they missed that. Because... Anybody and their brother can walk across the border. So I will say, God bless America, and thank you, Michael. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate you. Now, I don't mean to sound like some crazy prepper, but I I do think it's wise. And my wife actually said to me, and she doesn't say this that often, that's actually a good idea. I never thought of that. And I said, well, I'm I'm not being fatalistic. I'm not calling for bad things to happen. But I just think anytime you walk into a building, whether it's a grocery store or a movie theater or a church or a synagogue, you should know where the, the next closest exit is besides the one behind you. I'm not telling people to go get strapped and carry a firearm. That's a choice you have to make. You're allowed to do that. Thank God the Second Amendment's still here. If Robert Kennedy is elected, I don't think uh, he'll be pushing that to go forward. But uh, it's one of those things that I, I just think it's wise to know and have your options ready in the back of your head. You don't have to obsess about it. You just walk in, getting ready to see a show. Oh, there's the exit right there. Boom. That's the closest one. Now, enjoy the show. Now, enjoy the sermon, whatever it is. Enjoy the meal. Sometimes the best exit is through the kitchen. Just just walk in and take a mental note every time. If you had to get out of there, could you? Simple. Uh, a couple of updates on things. Uh, as I mentioned, it looks like the speakership is starting to lean more towards Jim Jordan. Congressman Jim Jordan from Ohio. And the vote is not slated to take place until Wednesday. And I wish the House would move forward on this. I wish they would get their butts in gear and say, we're actually going to come back early. They should have done it. Uh, Saturday morning, there should have been a call to come back to the House. But since there's no real leader, since we only have a, a pro tem speaker, we we had already um, adjourned and said we'll be back next Tuesday and we'll come back. Uh, and then have a vote on Wednesday. But we really need a Speaker of the House right now. What if there's a battle? What if, what if there's a struggle between all of the people who want to be Speaker of the House, between Steve Scalise, between Byron Donalds, between uh, Jim Jordan? What if it takes 15 votes again? Well, Nancy Mace has stepped up, and she's endorsed Jim Jordan, and I think that's going to be a big help. But I started seeing something today that made me nervous. What am I talking about? I started seeing Kevin McCarthy wandering back into the picture. Started seeing Kevin McCarthy and people saying, well, you know, maybe it's time to give Kevin McCarthy a second chance. And I thought, are you kidding me? 
we will be considered the biggest idiots on the face of the earth if McCarthy becomes speaker again. If you couldn't trust him last week, what makes you think you can trust him now? Seriously, what what makes you think Kevin McCarthy, the former Speaker of the House, will be more trustworthy now? I, I, I don't think that's possible. McCarthy actually posted something on Twitter X saying now is the time for bold action. Here's how America must meet the moment. The very first thing we need to do is rescue the American hostages. Secondly, the leader of Hamas is reported to be sitting in a five-star hotel cheering. President Biden should demand his extradition now. Third, the United States must reinstate the maximum pressure campaign against Iran. Fourth, we must focus on our own security. This just wasn't a failure in Israel on their intelligence community. It was ours as well. Fifth, as we look inward, we must confront anti-Semitism in the United States. Do not let anti-Semitism grow. Confront it and deny it. Now, I I agree with Kevin McCarthy on all this. But I'm sorry. um, You had all of these months from January until last week to get stuff done. And you took uh, five weeks off this summer when we could have made a lot of things happen. Don't come back now and try and play like, oh, I I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Um, Mike Lawler's out there pushing. And he was in, uh, uh, what is it, Statuary Hall at the Capitol today. A lot of people believe that Kevin McCarthy is the right person to lead us. Well, do you have a preference between Scalise and uh, Jordan at this moment, if those are the only two options? Look, we will have our conversation tonight. Uh, I've spoken with uh, the prospective candidates. Uh, we'll have our conversation and then see where we go from there. But to me, I've said repeatedly, if there's not accountability for what just happened, how do, how do you work as a conference? How do you how do you actually govern uh, if eight people can upend uh, what ninety six percent of the conference believes in uh, and work with two hundred and eight Democrats, including Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, AOC, Eric Swalwell, Adam Schiff, and Hakeem Jeffries to remove a Republican speaker? How do you deal with that? So Lawler is a Republican from New York from upstate New York, because pretty much every Republican other than Staten Island representatives are from upstate New York, because, you know, in New York City, uh, Manhattan, Brooklyn, the Bronx and Queens, it's pretty much a a uh, Democrat stronghold. So he's one of these guys who's pushing for McCarthy to run for speaker again. Well, it, it, we've we've been there. We've done that. We got the T-shirt. If we're going to go through this again, if it's going to take five days, what is the rest of the world, much less the rest of the country, going to think of uh, the GOP at this point? Uh, Lawler kept going, very calmly holding his Starbucks cup in Statuary Hall, holding forth with the press. To to try to, you know, block folks like yourself and others who believe the motion to vacate needs to be reformed to make that demand and make sure this Look, this is bigger than the motion to vacate. This is much bigger than the motion to vacate. That's a procedural thing. At the end of the day, uh, if you don't have people who are willing to compromise within the conference and work as a unit, then it makes it very difficult. 
So this is much bigger than a motion to vacate, where eight Democrats aligned with two, uh, eight Republicans aligned with 208 Democrats to remove the House Republican Speaker. Uh, to me, uh, this is about a lot more than that. Now, he's right on that point, but we also have a problem because the GOP doesn't march in lockstep like the Democrats. The Democrats are terrified of not voting with the team. So there has to be a come to Jesus moment. There has to be someone has to emerge from inside the GOP who can bring all these people together. I just don't understand why you would think it is Kevin McCarthy. Not after what we witnessed in the last two weeks. I, I, I'm very concerned that we're going to be back here with McCarthy getting nominated and Jordan nominated or Scalise nominated alongside, and we're going to be playing this game. And I personally, 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 personally believe the Speaker of the House, in order to really shake things up, should be somebody like Byron Donalds of Florida. The guy comes from a reliably... Republican district, the most, the reddest district in Florida. It's Fort Myers, Naples area. He is a guy who came out of banking. He is a guy who has uh, incredible speaking ability. He debates brilliantly on the fly. But I don't think the GOP is ready yet to nominate him over an establishment candidate like Jim Jordan, who I think would be great. Steve Scalise. I'm mostly concerned about Steve Scalise because I think Scalise and his battle against blood cancer is a is a problem. But McCarthy apparently keeps going up on Fox News. And as uh, one person posted on Twitter X said, uh, he sounds like he's pretending to be speaker. I'm a conservative that wants to govern, but if we have a majority and 96% want to go one way, but 4% gets to decide what happens, that's not a majority. And the idea that Matt Gates is going to divide a Gates, a Gates, a Mace, and a, a Pelosi decision on who's going to be our speaker, that's wrong. Now, I'm sorry, sir. You lost this battle already if you really believe that the party... The, the, the power of the party needs to be returned. You need to step aside. You're the guy who needs to go away. But he keeps repeating this. Eight rogue Republicans hate him so much. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm very concerned that we are going to see another week like we did in January where we had to have this battle over Speaker of the House. I think Jim Jordan will ultimately survive all of these shenanigans and end up being the speaker. I think it's going to be Jordan again. I hope it's going to be Jordan. I wish it could be uh, Byron Donalds. If I'm wrong, you can call me out on it. You're welcome to disagree. That's, that's how we do here. We have actual adult conversations on things. Uh, a couple of other stories I want to get to. What has disappeared from reporting in the last uh, 36 hours, 48 hours, any discussion of what's going on at the border, interestingly enough. And I think what's going on at the border should be brought up even more frequently because it's kind of what's going on in Israel. 
if we've had 7 million people cross into this country and and we have no idea where the majority of them have came from, what they did before they got here, what vaccinations they received for whatever. I look at what's going on in Paris and in um, Paris and now it's England. Last week, it was reported that Paris was uh, being overrun with bed bugs. Bed bugs. If you've never experienced bed bugs, you've never experienced hell on earth as a living person. And now the the British underground, the tube, as they call it, the subway system in England, is reporting that they have a bed bug problem. Why do they have a, suddenly have bed bug problems? Could it be that the, some of the migrant swarms that have come to both France, mostly in Paris, and England, mostly in uh, London, some of those communities that visited may have brought with them bed bugs? Because it hasn't happened before. I, I can't recall ever in, in my lifetime when we heard, oh, gee, there's a bed bug outbreak in Paris. And it's, uh, it's only everywhere. Same thing in, uh, in England now, in London. There are people posting videos of the bed bugs that are crawling out between the cracks on the uh, cushions on the subway trains. A little disturbing. So if you have uh, open borders and people are just allowed to come swarm in and wait till we see what happens to that little island off the coast of Italy uh, in the last couple of weeks where there now appear to be uh, almost as many people from North Africa than there were Italian citizens there. And if they're granted citizenship, which is what the EU tends to do, and they suddenly have the vote, then people who've lived there forever are no longer in control of their own town or their island, if you will. We also have heard almost nothing about uh, Donald Trump's trials as his uh, ongoing legal battles are continuing nonstop. Uh, The the judge in the New York trial said he's not going to stop the trial because Donald Trump asked for a pause in the trial, uh, but he is letting him run his businesses for now. I really think that, as Rich likes to say, that the uh, procedure, the process here, is the penalty. They may never get Donald Trump convicted, even on the 90-plus counts that are, are being uh, lined up against him. But in the case of New York in the fraud trial, they may not get him on this one. They may not be able to force Donald Trump to sell all his businesses, but they will cost him a bloody fortune. You know, Hunter Biden is $10 million in in debt in terms of legal fees at a million dollars a month, apparently, as he's facing his, his trial over the gun charges. And where's he getting that money? Hmm. I don't know. Rich friends in Hollywood. He's certainly not making any more paintings, although we wonder why. Uh, But Donald Trump at least has the value, has the money, has the billions. But if they keep bleeding him, what must Donald Trump's legal bills be? Hunter has one one case to defend. Donald Trump has at least four, maybe five trials that he's going to have to go through. It just isn't fair. But here we are. And for those who are saying Donald Trump should be the Speaker of the House, uh, I would love it for a month, even for a week. But I think uh, 
President Trump has a campaign to run. President Trump has defenses to mount. President Trump has businesses to run. And while I would love to see him with the gavel in the speaker's chair, as again, even for a week, I don't think he has serious interest in it. Apparently, uh, Donald Trump is going to be in Washington, I believe, tomorrow to meet with the GOP and try and help push along the speakership. Uh wonder if that's going to be a good thing. I hope he can point out that this is why it needs to happen quickly. All right. We have, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Lauren Fix will be here in about an hour. We'll get to that. Uh, but um, I, I got a little time here in our uh, 30 minutes of nonstop talk on the drive at five. Uh, Terry's on the phone. Different Terry. Uh, uh, yeah. join, joining us today. Uh, th- this is Terry. Um, uh, is it Morristown, New Jersey? Yeah. yeah Fabulous correct. town. Correct. I love your yeah. town. <laughs> well, we love you, too, very much. Um, you're Thank very you. insightful. Um, by the way, I was the one who left a message at the end of Saturday show about Joseph Rainey. I didn't get the message. Yes, you did. You said it oh, on oh. the air at the very end of the oh, show. Oh, about the, uh, was the, the first black speaker. No, but he wasn't. But, but he wasn't speaker. I heard he was for about eight months. They didn't have a, the title wasn't speaker. He was the leader of the house. Oh, okay. So I, I, I called you on a technicality, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Now, regarding what's going on on, I don't know why they don't do it on Tuesday. Why are they waiting till Wednesday? Should have done it I, Saturday. It should have happened well, yeah, the, the evening after they threw Kevin McCarthy out. They should have had everybody ready. There was no reason not to. There was no reason not to. I agree 100%. I do kind of lean towards Jim Jordan. What do you think? What? Of course, you did put that guy Lawler on from New York. What's the possibility of him getting all the Republicans to vote for him? Because really, that's what he needs to win against all the Republicans. Yeah, you have to get, um, you have to get the uh, Democrat-like uh, addiction to unity to happen. We yeah. don't have that. And maybe the fear of God will happen now because... The the beating that the GOP took publicly after ousting McCarthy and not having a a replacement ready should be a warning to them, because it, if there's another one of these, if we go another five days w- without a speaker, you can kiss 2024 20, uh, control of the House goodbye. And what do you think about Steve Scalise stepping down? I mean, he's a great guy, but this is just not his time. Well, I think Steve Scalise is um, is in a great spot as a second in command in the of the caucus in the House, and, you know, behind yeah. the Speaker. And I love mm-hmm. him as a person, but he also has Me a too. huge battle against blood cancer. You know, it's yes, just, I, yeah, it's got to be. I think it's too much on the system. Yeah, I think it's just too much on the system for all the running around the uh, Speaker has to do and gathering votes and everything. Like I said, maybe down the line, but right now. I don't think it's his time. I think here's what I think, Terry. If we get Jim Jordan in there, Jordan gets that, you know, that uh, speaker's office, which is a cool office. And and I think he'll do a great job. (laughs) Then you get Steve Scalise gets that secret Nancy Pelosi office so he can work hand in hand with Jordan. And then that that other secret office that Steny Hoyer had also at Uh the Capitol. You yeah. give you give that office to Byron Donalds so he can be oh, like your your lieutenant. So the three there of them you go. could really oh. work together. Wonderful. 
Yeah, your words to God's ear. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> well, thank you, Mike. You have a wonderful rest of the week, and uh, God willing, that'll happen. Take care. Uh, Terry, thank you. And if you see any of the McAleers uh, running around Morristown, tell them I said hello. It's my wife's kid. Do. They're great people. Right, take care. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. There she goes. Uh-huh. I, I'm very excited. I, I want whatever green drink she's having. A lot of energy at, at 5.32. It's Michael Pelka wrapping up the drive at 5. I'm in for Rich Zioli today. Rich returns tomorrow. We still have an hour and a half of show to get to. And as I said, an hour from now, Lauren Fix, the car coach, will be joining us. But uh, we got some really important stuff to get to. I need to talk about what happened last Thursday with that emergency alert, plus um, some some craziness out of the trans world. Did you know we're not allowed to use the word picnic, even when you're describing a picnic? I, I I didn't either. It's stupid, which is why we have to talk about it. It's Mike Opelka in for Zioli on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. What a great track. Billy Joel, just an amazing career, but that is one of the more powerful Billy Joel songs. Matter of trust. It's always a matter of trust, isn't it? And then Ronald Reagan taught us trust, but verify. Michael Pelkin for Rizzioli. We are um, trying to make sure we get to everything today. I was talking to Henry during the break. I said, are we missing anything? He goes, what else is there? What other news is out there? What well, is? it is Columbus Day. So um, in honor of Keith Olbermann freaking out, happy Columbus Day to everybody. Poor Keith Olbermann lost his mind. 
he went after Dom, I guess, because Dom was wishing Happy Columbus Day to everybody. So Olberman, who I used to call Keith Doberman because he's just a dog, uh, and and he really should just give up all of his angry political rantings and and save dogs. That's what he's he's really been doing on the side. It's a it's a good mission. Sid. The great Sid Weiss on Twitter X wrote in to tell us his favorite Italian dish would be Sophia Loren. I see what you I mean, did there, yeah, Sid. That's a that's a good one. <laughs> it is, but I you know, I you're gonna need a time machine. Just yeah. a little bit, yeah, you know. A couple of years. I'm just saying. I agree, but I'm thinking sixties. 1960s, not 60-year-old. 1960s, Sophia hey, Loren. Hey, but, man, whatever you're into. That's sure, sure. Is that a confession you're trying to make, Henry? I think it's a confession you're trying to make more than No, any. no, no. I'm just saying it's Sophia Loren. Just, but yes, well done, Sid. I got to stop digging. When you're in a hole, stop digging. Uh, Danny added, adding, adding in my Irish yet Hibernian slanted opinion. He's the one who said lasagna was the best Italian dish. Henry, did you share yours? No, I haven't. But you know, I I really can't turn down a good lasagna. It's, it's hard to beat a good lasagna, like, I, is I it? I don't want to go all Garfield on it, but like, oh man, god, lasagna when it's done right, it, there's nothing better. I mean, I cannot believe you cake. remembered. Garfield's lasagna addiction. It's Monday, right? I mean, how can I not? But is Garfield still a thing? Is Garfield still happening? I don't know if that's still... Is that still a comic strip? I have no idea, but Garfield is definitely alive and well in people's minds, I'd say. Okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. We got into the uh, horror film discussion on Thursday. (laughs) of last week and i got so much email about it we may have to make it a saturday night event uh talking about it uh we we were talking about since it's october and everybody's already looking towards halloween in fact the christmas decorations are up at some of the stores and we haven't had halloween yet uh but i was talking about wokeness and i really believe uh we're starting to turn a corner on some of the woke madness And then I read that uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, you know, UNLV, they they have great college sports success. And uh, the legendary Tark the Shark, Jerry Tarkanian, which I don't even know if he's still with us anymore. He's not. But the the law school, rest in peace, Shark, uh, the law school at UNLV um, was getting ready to have – a picnic. They scheduled a picnic for the law school kids, you know, because you got to take the pressure off. It's it's a lot to go through law schools. So they the scheduled picnic sponsored by UNLV Las Vegas is uh, or University of Nevada Las Vegas Law School, uh, the Environmental Law Society had to rename the picnic to Lunch by the Lake. Because picnic, <laughs> picnic is racist. <laughs> yes, the word picnic is racist. I'm sorry, uh, it's not. It's not racist. In fact, uh, a couple of years ago, the University of Michigan's IT department said picnic was included in words that matter. 
a task force that made a list a list of offensive words that include brown bag, blacklist, and long time no see. Now, brown bag, when we were kids and went to school, at one point, my mom, God rest her soul, was making eight lunches a day. We didn't, we didn't have money to eat in the school cafeteria. We weren't like that. We weren't J.J. Gottrocks in our house. But at one point, my mother had four kids in high school and four kids in grammar school every day. So she had to make eight lunches. And she didn't really make it lunches. She did. She froze lunches at the beginning of the year. We did an assembly line and made sandwiches in the kitchen for an entire day and then froze them. And she would put out eight sandwich bags, the little brown bags, with your name on each one. She'd write the names on Sunday night. She'd take eight bags out and write every kid's name on it. And then she'd put them up on the counter and you went to the freezer, got your sandwich, and you put it in the brown bag And then she would put in either an apple or a treat and a napkin and staple it shut. And you take your sandwich to school in your brown bag and your sandwich would defrost by lunchtime. Now, there's nothing racist about it. It was called a brown bag because guess what? It was a brown paper bag. So to to say that Picnic was racist and to force them to change the name of the event to the Lunch by the Lake due to diversity and inclusion concerns, that's what they said. The law school put out a memo that informed members of the group that the word picnic has a historical and offensive connotations and they apologize for any harm or discomfort. Nobody was harmed and nobody was uncomfortable. This is Bravo Sierra. It's just stupid. Picnic comes from a 300-plus-year-old French word, uh, picnic, meaning potluck at a social gathering. It's, uh, it's from French. It has nothing to do with racism. Reuters fact-checked it. Can we stop? And can we go back to calling it the master bedroom? I'm sorry. It's okay. And can we go into, remember when hard drives used to have uh, cables between them and you had a main drive and you had a backup drive and we called one the master and one the slave and people got offended by that? Okay. I can understand why you might feel offended by that. But the word picnic is not offensive to, to call a gathering something. Picnic. I found the list, thanks to the College Fix. The College Fix is great. If you're looking for people monitoring some of the madness that exists in the woke world, the College Fix has great stuff on it. Uh, we're not allowed to call uh, people a dummy anymore, either. I wonder why. We're not allowed to say sanity check, either. We're not allowed to say sold down the river. Who's making these rules? Um, apparently the woke people, this is from the, uh, Michigan, uh, university of Michigan information technology services, the, the it nerds, the who the it nerds at the university of Michigan. What do I care what they say? Exactly. They say, we don't want to call it a brown bag event. It's lunch and learn. You can't call something crazy or even say that's cray. 
You have to say it's outrageous, unthinkable, nonsensical, incomprehensible, ridiculous, egregious, irrational, or crazy. <laughs> shut up. Uh, I, I guess I can't say shut up either. And you can't say something is grandfathered in. Now, I have a problem with that. What, what is we, wrong? Uh, offending grandfathers now? Come on. No, 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 no. Uh, legacy status uh, is, uh, I guess, akin to privilege. But it's grandfathered in, meaning, guess what? We're okay with that. For example, in the state of Delaware, they outlawed assault rifles, which is stupid because it doesn't make any sense. They outlawed assault rifles. You can't buy an assault rifle in the state of Delaware anymore. But if you owned one before the law took place, you were grandfathered in. You just have proof you, you owned one. So now I have to carry proof with me at all times. If I'm, if I'm rolling with my AR, which I'm not. But these are, these are reasons why I think we are seeing everything come back to the center, back to normal. Because people are starting to realize, okay, this is stupid. This is a giant waste of time to force the UNLV Law School to change the name of the picnic to Lunch by the Lake. Means the environmentalists probably lost around because all of the flyers had to be collected, reprinted, and reposted. So we wasted more paper and ink just because somebody didn't do their homework and look up the Reuters claim that it didn't refer to 20th century or 19th and 20th century uh, lynchings that were referred to as picnics. But it, it actually came from French because people are stupid. All right, I got to take a quick break here. There's more. I, I have more proof of the madness is going to deteriorate, going to slide away. But we other, also have some other stories we have to cover. And you're welcome to share with us wh whichever word uh, people think is offensive, but you don't care what they think because they're stupid. And you can tell us what your favorite Italian dish is on this Columbus Day. It's Michael Pelka in Frizzioli on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. It is 5.51 on a Monday evening. Michael Pelka sitting in for my buddy Rich Seoli. He will be here tomorrow. Fret not. Let it not trouble your heart. Richard will return. Uh, a couple of uh, pieces of business uh, to share with you. Many of you know, many of you don't know. I sit on the board of a nonprofit organization, a children's theater in Wilmington, Delaware. The Delaware Children's Theater. How creatively named it is. It's a children's theater in Delaware called the Delaware Children's Theater. And uh, it's been in my wife's family for uh, almost 50 years. And if you're, if you're looking for something... For the kidlets, the grandkids, the kids, the nieces and nephews, nonprofit local theaters are great. And I would encourage you to find one in your area. And if not, check out the Delaware Children's Theater. They're doing the Adams Family Saturdays and Sundays. It's a great musical. Just a great musical. And uh, it, it uh, it's, uh, like I said, it's helping local I'm a big proponent of local businesses. So if you're so wired or so inclined, I speak for it. Delaware Children's Theater. Just a little public service announcement for a nonprofit. 
nobody's making any money over there. We're just working our butts off. Uh, we're keeping our eye on the, any developing news out of Israel. There are reports between 1,100, 900 and 1,100 people killed now in this, uh, at least 900 Israelis and maybe a couple hundred uh, Hamas. And um, Donald Trump was talking about Israel in New Hampshire when he was doing a little speechifying earlier. Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen. As president, I will once again stand strongly with the state of Israel and we will cut off the money to the terrorists on day one. Bingo. Just day one. Instead of cutting off American oil and gas production and making us beholden to Russia and Venezuela and the Saudis, you know, like that's what that's what Joe Biden did. Cut off the Keystone XL pipeline. Donald Trump would go in on day one and he would cut off money to the terrorists on day one. Is there more, Mr. Trump? And reimpose the travel ban on terror afflicted countries you had a travel ban you know we think of it i don't i don't like talking about it, but now i can because the time is up i went four years without a problem four years because i had a travel ban and the islamic terrorists weren't allowed it was very tough for them i had a very strong travel ban yeah and unlike this country which doesn't have a te- under biden doesn't have a travel ban and we have an open border you know, which is kind of like a welcome mat. I love the compare and contrast, and I think it's really important. And I'm so glad that uh, we have the opportunity to share that with you. And you should tell your friends who are still Democrats that this is the time for them to make a switch. This is the time to wake up, and it's okay, and we will forgive them. We will forgive them. Donald Trump posted uh, as well, uh, something uh, <laughs> that uh, I think needs to be uh, repeated. Donald Trump posted this on Twitter back in 2018. Remember 2018, the good old days. Uh, to the Iranian president, Rouhani, he's the guy who said, we'll spend the $6 billion where we want to spend it. And now, less than a month later, we we see it. Donald Trump said, Never, ever threaten the United States again, or you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever, ever suffered before. We are no longer a country that will stand for your demented words of violence and death. Be cautious. Now, contrast that with Joe Biden, who talks about our enemies like like they're just our buddies and we need to be nice to them. Remember when he talked about China and he talked about how, how, how great China is and how they're nice folks, folks. They're not going to eat our lunch. Hmm. I wonder what China's thinking right now. I wonder what Russia's thinking right now. I wonder what any, any of our enemies, the uh, nations who would do us harm, North Korea, are thinking right now. Because right now all they're saying is America's distracted. America and our ally Israel are distracted by what's going on. And what's Joe Biden thinking? He called a lid at uh, 11.34 today. Joe Biden called a lid today. Hmm. What's Joe Biden thinking? But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, probably. 
probably he's probably going to be in bed before before the Phillies game is over tonight. I long for the days of a leader, a strong leader, a Reagan-like leader, a Trump-like leader, someone who's not afraid to speak the truth and say that America is a nation that doesn't stand for this crap. I almost said the other word. I know. And that's a good thing you did. I, it's a very good thing. I know Phil's got a, uh, he's got the dump button. He's got it right there. He can I'm hit ready. that button. Just in case. Yeah, I, I suggest, especially with the fourth hour coming up just around the corner, you have that ready. Because uh, I'm, I'm running out of self, uh, self-censorship. It's not exactly my strong suit. Uh, you've so, been pretty good lately, so I'll give you credit there. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, I will have an update on what's going on with Israel, because there is uh, there's some new news coming out of Israel. As I said, we'll, Lauren Fix, the car coach, is going to join us. I have Nikki Haley's reaction. I'm still looking for your favorite Italian dishes. We celebrate Columbus Day. And uh, with uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. finally entering the race as an independent, I have a fascinating clip of Robert Kennedy his daddy, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s father. And the words that Joe Biden stole from him, Joe Biden, famous plagiarist, stole from Robert Kennedy Jr.'s father. I wonder if this would come up in the debate. I'll, I'll compare and contrast with you. It's Mike Opelka in for Rich Zioli on The Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. It is Michael Pelka in for Rich Zioli. He will be here tomorrow. He's just taking care of some family business. Happy Columbus Day to you and yours. I am sitting here right now just trying to take inventory on the stories we have to cover this hour. Just a remarkable amount of news today. And it's uh, Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day. Columbus Day to you and yours. No mail today. No banks weren't open, all that stuff. Uh, and uh, we're, we're also taking nominations for the greatest Italian dish ever. Because there are so many great ones. I will reveal mine before we get out of here. Uh, so many, so many stories to get to. Of course, Israel, the attack by Hamas is the biggest story of the weekend starting Friday night. But Joe Biden didn't wake up until Saturday morning because he's old and his brain is oatmeal. And I guess they couldn't wake him up because it would then set him off all day. So, uh, we're now, uh, we're now hearing the White House say, Oh no, we, we woke him up at two 30 and told him. And then we just rolled them over again. I have no faith in this administration being able to do anything on this. And, and you know, we were playing uh, John Kirby earlier, Admiral Kirby, and, and some of the things he was saying. And uh, the fact that uh, the Biden administration is still telling us that, that th- this, is, um, this is all about um, 
priorities for the president, but his number one priority is still climate change. He's he's still he's still locked in on that. Really? Really, John Kirby, then that's what you want us to believe, that uh, climate change is more important than this war, which if Hamas had their way, would be a uh, a war that would remove Jews from the world, not just Israel, but everywhere. Yeah, it appears that way. John Kirby actually said something about climate change and the president's belief that how important it is. The president believes wholeheartedly that climate change is an existential threat to the all of human life on the planet. That's just science. That's a fact, Martha. But it doesn't mean that we turn our back on the other challenges facing this country and our allies and partners around the world. We've got broad national security commitments, literally globally, and we've got to mind all of them at the same time. You mentioned two of them, uh, obviously Israel right now, certainly uh, Ukraine over the last almost two years now. Uh, we are a big enough and powerful enough and effective enough nation to be able to look after all these disparate national security threats. And one of them absolutely is climate change. So he keeps going back to climate change. But did you notice what was missing? And irritatingly so, frustratingly so, idiotically so. What was missing from that when he talks about the priorities of this administration? And you would think that they would have picked up on this after last week and the, the PR, devastating PR news they got. And they actually shifted gears and said, oh, we're going to build a part of a wall then. Hmm. He never mentioned the border. He never mentioned the border, instead defaulting to the headline news today, which, of course, Israel is and should be now that we have at least 11 Americans dead and God knows how many Americans are hostage. And this administration, with a recent track record of paying $1.2 billion in uh, ransom for Americans, God knows how many Americans are being held by Hamas right now, but we have almost a dozen dead that we know of. It's so infuriating. And then we hear the stories, and I have to thank our, our friend Susie Cool, one of the biggest fans of this radio station and all the shows on this station, just a loyal fan. So many of you are, and we appreciate it. We couldn't do what we do without the great numbers of you that are out there. Susie Cool sending me um, a, a copy of a, a video, an interview I saw earlier with a woman who saw family members being captured by Hamas knowing what's going to happen to them. And if you've seen the video of the young schoolboy, the Israeli schoolboy, nine years old, that Hamas captured and then put him with a bunch of nine and 10-year-old Hamas children who were taunting the child mercilessly. I'm just glad we don't speak the language. But, you know, I talk about this administration and John Kirby and he's he's willing to stand up and say that climate change is important. Uh, but then he had an emotional moment with Jake Tapper. A very emotional moment with Jake Tapper. And I actually feel for the guy. But I also wonder how much of this is, dare I say, crocodile tears. Because you you can't get this broken up by the reporting and then insist that climate change is still a big stinking deal and say nothing about our own southern border where we've had known at least 150 members of the terror watch list that we had crossed through our borders. At least we caught those. How many of the 7 million 
who got in this country were also on that terror watch list, but we don't know, and where are they? But this happened earlier with John Kirby, with Jake Tapper. I mean, the images that we're seeing of, of children kidnapped, of, of, young, of young women who have been uh, abducted, who have blood in their pants because they've presumably been repeatedly raped, it's horrifying. I've, I've, there's been a lot of death and destruction in that region, but I've never seen anything like this. Now, before you hear Kirby respond, it also strikes me that uh, CNN should be this upset because that basically happens every day crossing our southern border. The scene you just talked about, the horrifying scene, Jake Tepper, that you just talked about is happening every single day under Joe Biden on our southern border with young women who've been who've been trafficked who've been raped gang raped in some instances multiple times by the people who are trafficking them and yet there's there's no indignation from the mainstream media about that there's no comments about those women crossing into our southern border who are who have been gang raped and abused and god knows what else was done to them but no it it happens in israel and suddenly you're outraged and yes it's happened it should be an outrage in israel it's happened the last three days but it's been going on for almost 300 days just this year alone and this is the third year of this administration so your outrage should be multiplied thousands of times But here's what John Kirby had to say after faced with those horrific facts from Jake Tapper. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's it's very, excuse me, very difficult to look at these images, Jake. Uh, And the, the, the human cost. And these are human beings. They're family members, their friends, their loved ones, cousins, brothers, sisters. Yeah, it's difficult, and I apologize. Nothing to say sorry for. John Kirby, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Your outrage should be multiplied and applied to the border and the situation on our southern border because that's the reality. That's the horrific reality. That's the shame of this country under Joe Biden. A guy who shouldn't be there. A guy who was, I believe he really is a puppet of Barack Obama. That's my own personal belief. Because Obama's the guy who told us, you know, if I could, I'd sit in a basement somewhere in my pajamas and have somebody who just act out, you know, if he had an earpiece and do what I tell him. Gee, who could that be? Uh, Hillary wouldn't have signed on for that. Because we know she thinks she wants to run the world. And she's still lurking, by the way. She's still Lurking. Before I get into uh, this uh, takedown of Biden, because I have to play this, uh, breaking news is Israel has ordered a complete siege, complete captions on there, quotes on that, a complete siege of Gaza after the Hamas attacks. And they have the troops on the border. They've called up 300,000 reservists. They're ready to go in there. And for a little point of reference, 
Israel is not exactly a gigantic country. It's 9 million people. There are more people on the Isle of Manhattan on a Wednesday when matinees are happening on Broadway. More people on the island of Manhattan on a Wednesday than live in the country of Israel every single day. Just think about that. And, and Israel is the size of the state of Delaware. So the people who say, oh, stop saying it's their 9-11. No, it's, it's more like uh, Hiroshima, what's happened. But back to Joe Biden and why I have zero respect for Joe Biden. And I live in Delaware, so I've heard all the stories. And the stories are legend. And some of them are made up. But we've confirmed a lot of them. He's a political animal who runs a crime family who has now fleeced how many countries in order to make his family wealthy. But uh, Joe Biden never should have been president, in my opinion. Never. And I'm sure some of you feel the same. And it's not just about election shenanigans. And if you haven't watched 2000 Mules, you should. Still time for you to do that. Joe Biden never should have been elected. 35 years ago, 35 years ago, Joe Biden plagiarized Robert Kennedy Sr. Now, RFK Jr. came out and said he's running as an independent today because the Democrats won't play fair and let him have a a fair chance to challenge Joe Biden. They won't let him primary Joe Biden. They won't give him Secret Service protection. They won't put him up on a debate stage against Joe Biden. So he's going to run as an independent. And if he gets enough votes, if he gets enough polling behind him, He'll be on a debate stage against a Republican candidate and a Democrat candidate. And I frankly hope to see that. So we shall see. But 35 years ago, Joe Biden was running against so many Democrats to be the Democratic nominee. And he's not the guy he tells you he is. He was not the top of his class in law school. Matter of fact, he was closer to the bottom than the top. But he also thought he needed to borrow other people's ideas in order to make an impression. For example, Robert Kennedy Sr. Robert Kennedy Sr. Speaking publicly. The gross national product does not allow the health of our children, the quality of their education, or the joy of their play. So that's Robert Kennedy Sr. talking about our gross domestic product and how it cannot measure up to the joy of our children or the quality of their pay. You can't compare the two, right? It's a great statement. You talk about happiness and, you know, what you have versus how happy you are. Material possessions versus happiness in life. That was a powerful statement. As a matter of fact, the whole speech was powerful. I'll play a little bit more of it. But with that thought in mind, let's remember what Joe Biden said 35 years ago, around the same time, not long after Robert Kennedy. Well, Robert Kennedy was assassinated in 1968. So a few years had passed. Maybe Joe thought we forgot about those words. Cannot measure the health of our children, the quality of our education, the joy of their play. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. That's probably just a mistake. It's probably the only time you ever said something like that, right? Does not include the beauty of our poetry or the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate, or the integrity of our public officials. 
So, you know, it's a, the beauty of our poetry and the integrity of our public officials, said Robert Kennedy Sr. in his speech, talking about, you know, how you can't how you can't compare just stuff and gross domestic product to the quality of life and the lifestyle here in America. Joe Biden must have liked that, too. And measure the beauty of our poetry, the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate, the integrity of our public official. Interesting that integrity of our public officials came up in a piece that he had stolen from another public official. A statement he had made that he had absolutely stolen. This man has no center. He has no soul. Robert Kennedy Sr. had more to say. It measures neither our wit nor our courage, neither our wisdom nor our learning, neither our compassion nor our devotion to our country. Hmm. Our wit, nor our courage, our passion, nor our devotion to our country. Surely Joe Biden wouldn't steal that. I mean, that's kind of specific, right? Counts neither our wit nor our wisdom, neither our compassion, nor our devotion to our country. Mm. How far will he go? Seriously. How low will he go? More from Robert Kennedy Sr. It measures everything in short except that which makes life worthwhile. And it can tell us everything about America, except why we are proud that we are Americans. Right? The gross domestic product tells us everything we need to know about our country, except why we are proud to be Americans. Now, there's no way in hell Joe Biden would have stolen that line. That bottom line can tell us everything about our lives except that which makes life worthwhile. And it can tell us everything about America, except that which makes us proud to be American. Shortly after this uh, theft was discovered and Joe Biden's plagiarism was exposed, he had to step away. He had to step away. And yet here we are today with Joe Biden as the president of the United States. And... um, Certainly an embarrassment, but not an embarrassment to him or his party enough to keep him out of the spotlight. And you have to wonder who who has decided that it was okay for the titular head of the Democrat Party to be this corrupt, morally bankrupt, if you will, to steal from a dead Kennedy And then only when it was brought up to finally admit, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Astounding, isn't it? And here we are today. The president of the United States called a lid at 1134 this morning. There was to be no more from our president. We were to hear nothing else other than since Friday night. I believe there was a minute and 55 seconds is all that we've heard from Joe Biden. A minute and 55 seconds while we are on the precipice of war in the Middle East and a war that could spread around the country. Is that too dramatic? Am I am I making it too dramatic for everybody? Some people are saying you're a little over the top. I don't think I'm over the top. Once you listen to the mainstream media and how they're presenting it 
how they're they're talking to people about what's going on and how they're doing everything but out and out blaming Israel for this. And they're talking to people who will blame Israel for it. This montage was put together by our friends at Grabian, and I think they deserve credit for this because it shows you when talking to people on the street and listening to some of the anchors from MSNBC and CNN just how biased the coverage is against Israel, basically saying Israel had it coming. Obligations day after day, time after time, um, it was was nonstop, and it seems like uh, the Netanyahu government is not willing to uh, to uh, to bring any peace to the region. It's conflicting for me because you have people in there and innocent bystanders that'll be involved in it, but at the same time, it's it's like we you know what other choice did they have? Do you condemn what Hamas did inside Israel to Israeli civilians? Now, this is Christian Amanamanamanamanamanampour at CNN asking an official, Palestinian official, do you condemn what has been done? They're dead and there are hostages. First and foremost, the Western media must really abandon this framework that has gotten us to where we are today. Okay, but I just want this, uh, The loss of civilian life is tragic in all sides. You've counted 70 Israeli deaths. There is more than 200 Palestinian deaths so far, more than 1,600. Entire, entire residential compounds are being wiped out. This is a war crime committed by Israel. What is more tragic or equally tragic is the blindness and the deafness of the world. So this guy is the head of the Palestinian mission to the United Kingdom. This is a uh, a guy who is uh, part of the British, part of the UK administration, putting the blame on Israel, calling it war crimes, Israel responding, defending itself, essentially, removing the terror threats and the complete siege that is currently underway. Single political avenue is blocked. Every single legal avenue for us is blocked. Like, don't underestimate people's desire for freedom, for ending the bondage and captivity. Pay attention to the destruction that Israel is doing. Make sure that these supremacists in the Israeli government are not, not going to turn the whole thing upside down. Now, the part of this that really needs to be paid attention to is that CNN is giving this time. That's really what's troublesome. CNN is allowing this message to be heard. And the, the real power of the mainstream media is not what they cover. It's what they don't cover. It's a one-sided presentation. All right, I'm stepping aside just around the corner. Our friend Lauren Fix, the car coach, is going to join us. Give us an update on what's happening with the automotive strike because it has a huge effect on our economy. i got a couple other surprise stories I have to share with you. It's Michael Pelka in for Rich Zioli on the Zioli Show and Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD in the free Odyssey app. It is 6.30 on a Monday, Talk Radio 1210 WPHC, The Zioli Show. Rich is back tomorrow. My name is Michael Pelka, sitting in for my buddy. He's just taking care of some business. He'll be in tomorrow. Uh, don't worry about it. Thank you for being here. A lot of nice messages from a lot of folks on social media. Uh, one of the stories I got to drop in here to uh, just see if, what, what you think about it. 
You know how devastating the reaction has been to Bud Light in terms of revenue and the billions lost in revenue. Now, the overall corporation that owns Bud Light, InBev, owns so many beer brands that they really didn't feel the loss because one of their other brands, Modelo, has surged into the number one spot. But it hurt Bud Light and it hurt a lot of uh, bottlers, if you will. And delivery people and some of those stores. And they tried to get people to come back to Bud Light by offering substantial discounts. It doesn't seem to have worked yet. But I wonder how long the memories are going to be of the uh, Bud Light drinkers. I still maintain a lot of people who were drinking Bud Light before the boycott. And uh, I'm, I'm calling it a destroycott because it really destroyed Bud Light as a brand. Uh, I'm wondering, will people come back, or did they realize what a crappy beer it is? And they found so many better, like Yingling, just the local beer here, Yingling, just fantastic. Or in Delaware, where, you know, Dogfish Ale is killing it. It's the number one beer on Amtrak, which sells a lot of beer. But I'm wondering if uh, all the price cutting will convince people to come back. We don't know. Disneyland is thinking they need to do a similar move to try and bring back business. Disneyland is desperate. But, you know, the, the wokeness combined with the economy have really hurt the revenues of, of Disney. They are slashing ticket prices for children by more than 50%. I don't know if it's going to help. Disney really fell off the uh, side of the the woke into the deep end of the woke pool. Fell off the diving board into the very deep end of the woke pool. I just wonder, I, I keep monitoring all these businesses that either get helped or hurt by their public social stances. Bud Light being the one that most often is mentioned just because of the sheer volume. Of, of money that was lost in the in the 25 to 30 billion dollars in lost revenue so we'll see uh disneyland cutting prices for kids tickets by more than 50 percent it's so expensive to go to those parks i i don't know how families do it especially when we have 60 percent of families living paycheck to paycheck these days all right i mentioned uh the the economic impact that the automotive strikes, the UAW strikes, have had on our overall economy. It's a big number. And the strikes are ongoing. But how long are they going to go on? And will they spread? Will they go further? Has there been any progress? And what does that mean to you if you're shopping for a car, a new or used car? What does it mean for you? Our friend Lauren Fix is the car coach. She, um, she has a great YouTube channel called Car Coach Reports. And she's great on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I almost called it Facegram. I think they should merge and, and do that. Wouldn't it be a good idea, Henry? Facegram. Same owner, so why not, right? Oh, it's Lauren. Lauren's with me. Good. Hey, Lauren. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, wouldn't, Facegram. We just created a new Facegram. product called Facegram. Tell Zuckerberg uh, he'll, he'll love you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Zuck Bucks. He's uh, he's got enough of them. Uh, Lauren, uh, where are we on the car strike? How many days into it, and or how many weeks? And is it expanding? Is it contracting? Is there any progress? 
Well, not as much progress as we'd like to see. We're entering day 25 right now. Um, over the past week, we had thought we had a settlement with Mack Trucks. They're the only truck, big trucking company that makes trucks here in the U.S. All the rest of them either have the bodies here and get the trucks from over, get the engines from overseas or vice versa. Well, they have now decided to strike. And a majority of their workers said, we're not getting paid enough because we agreed to a 19% pay increase. And we now see that they're also UAW, by the way. We see that you're up to 22% with General Motors and Ford's still at 20 and so is Stellantis. So we're going to hold out. So they decided to go on strike today. That's not good. And on top of that, the Canadian uh, comparative to UAW is called Unifor. So the Ford had come to an agreement. They're done. But GM is planning to strike tonight at midnight. And so we won't know that. So I'll be keeping my eyes open on that. But as far as the strike in general, uh, General Motors did agree to let their battery plants, their electric vehicle battery manufacturing plants, be UAW National Master Agreement, which means they'll be union workers. That plant is not in Michigan. That plant is in Nevada. And there's a huge plant being built in Tennessee by Ford. And you know they built it there intentionally, so there would not be, of course, union workers. So this is a concern because right now we've got more than 25,000 workers out of jobs, and they only get paid $500 a day, or I'm sorry, a week. I wish it was a day. But you can't survive on that uh, if you were making you know, 20 or $40 an hour, whatever your pay scale might have been. Um, the UAW, the benefits are paid by the car companies. But the pay they take home is only $500. And that can't go on forever because there's like $850 million, I believe, $853 million there was, I believe, in the kitties of money that was paid in by members in case they strike. Well, you can't live off of that. So where are we today? Well, no farther with Ford. General Motors agreed on the battery plant. And I think that Sean Fain was hoping that they would comply with the other companies. And so Antis they made counteroffers, but we have no resolution. Remember, and this is what people forget, Stellantis was FCA, which was Chrysler. Chrysler took your tax dollars to bail them out multiple times. They couldn't make a go of it. So they sold the car company to an Italian company, Fiat Chrysler. So it's Fiat and Alfa Romeo and Maserati and Ferrari, and they couldn't make a go of it, even though they had still a partnership. So about two years ago, they sold it to PSA, which is Peugeot, which is a French car company. So now the car company that you know is Stellantis, which is Dodge, Ram, Chrysler, Jeep, and so forth, they are not based here. So it's going to be more of a challenge for the UAW to put the screws to Stellantis because they can easily say, you know what? We don't need to build cars here. We'll build the Ram trucks down south. We'll get the rest of the components like they're doing with the Dodge Hornet. We'll get them from Alfa Romeo, rebadge them, and sell them here in the U.S. You want to play? Let's play. And so I think that Sean Famous would be very careful what he does, because remember, he's taking guidance and direction, and you can tell by who has been supporting him, by Bernie Sanders. So w- with all this, it feels like, well, first of all, two things. Does the Mack truck strike really matter? Because is that actually a big effect on the economy or is it just kind of a sidebar? Uh, It's not as big as an effect as it is to you who might want to purchase cars. But a lot of these fleets are forced to update their equipment to the newer, cleaner diesel trucks. 
in order to do this, they have to buy new cleaner diesel trucks. And if mm-hmm. they can't get them, we are, they're going to get fined. And so that is a problem. And you may not see that like, well, so what? That doesn't affect me. Oh, sure, it does. That Amazon delivery, that stuff gets to the warehouse via big truck. You want anything that comes off the California port, which is anything that comes out of China, that gets moved off those ports by trucks that are newer trucks that meet the new EPA requirements. And if they don't have those trucks, you pay more for deliveries. What Lawrence referring to is California has engineered their uh, laws about which trucks can come into the ports by saying you have to comply with certain environmental standards. And that means there's a a, a big problem because these these fleets of trucks are older. And if there are no trucks to be bought, the cost of upgrading them is going to go through the roof as well, which means Mm -hmm. it gets passed on to you and me. Now, what, Lauren, you hit me with a number uh, that that you were saying the overall impact on the economy by the strike is how much? Right now it's $5.5 billion as of today. That's a lot. And that's a loss to the car companies. That's a loss to the dealers, which is your local, that's your local economy. If your local economy can't sell a car off a lot, that means the guy doesn't get paid. The dealer doesn't, can't hire more people. I mean, you may not think of this. I know a lot of people are like, oh, so what if a local dealer, they got other cars to sell. If there's no inventory replacing what they sell to you, then at some point they're going to need less people. And that's going to impact the economy because a lot of the dealers support Little League and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and and jobs and and all the little companies that are around it. You know, the catering company, the coffee shop, the dry cleaner, whatever. It affects everybody. Hmm. Yeah, the the dollar amount is big. But the impact mm-hmm. on local communities is even bigger when you think of when a when a factory that has or a, an assembly plant that has a thousand people working in it goes idle. So do the sandwich yeah. shops that are nearby. So do the gas stations that are there. So do all the dry cleaners that are there as well. Everything is yep. affected by this. So this is a big stinking deal. And it if you were to make a prediction, Lauren, do you think this is going to last through the month, through Thanksgiving? Well, that's a good call. I'm going to guess that at this point, we will know it's, it could be very ugly on Friday. Usually Friday at noon or 2 o'clock or 10 in the morning, depends what Sean Payne feels like he's ready to drop the bomb on them and, and put the screws to the car manufacturers even more. Their plan as of last week before they got this battery plant concession was to shut down the half-ton truck market. And that would be F-150 trucks, Silverado 1500s, and Ram 1500s. Hmm. That's the moneymaker. They're already shut down. Colorado, Bronco, Jeep, those are moneymakers. But if you cripple these car companies, you, know, you think, oh, whatever. To the car companies themselves, they've lost $2.6 billion dollars. And that's $579 million of lost wages to the workers. That's a lot of loss. And I can break it down for each, each car company, but, you know, when you start looking at the loss, not just to them, but suppliers, $1.6 billion. Dealers and customer losses, $1.26 billion. And you bring your car in for service, and they go, Mike, I'm sorry, we can't get that water pump. We can't get that radiator part. You have to wait. And I have tons of friends that work at dealers that are sending me all kinds of, because they know I, I always talk about this. I get constant text messages from people telling me, hey, I'll let you know, I got six cars in the shop. I can't do anything with them. I don't know what to tell these people. And you're hearing that 
from every Ford General Motors brand and Stellantis brand saying, we don't know what to do. We can't get these parts and no one else. It's not even going to the aftermarket. It just doesn't exist. Wow. So this it's hurting people. And when it hurts the average person, that's when they get mad. But you can't, you're not making the car companies, uh, you know, they're not going to listen to you and go, oh, well, so-and-so called and said they were unhappy about this. They get that. I think the real impact is they want everyone to hurt so that everyone will stand by them. But at some point, they're going to cross that line where people are going to start getting aggravated. And they're going to say, you know what? I need to get back to work. The holidays are coming. I can't be on strike at $500 a week. I'm thinking this overall holdover is going to be five to six weeks. It could be longer. The car companies can't hold out forever. But I will tell you what's going to happen. They may not say it. But they're going to start building plants in non-union states and getting items from overseas because they're forcing them to do that. Because if this ever happens again, it'll put them out of business. Yeah. And if they were to go with some of these crazy requests, and I understand you always ask for more than you're going to get. And yes, the UAW workers are, are underpaid. But And yes, executives at the top are overpaid. But they're completely different animals. And they're completely negotiated completely different ways. A CEO of a company negotiates with the board of directors for their job. And that's the agreement they sign. It's something they can go, well, you know, keep the bonus. Give it to the workers. It doesn't work that way. And the UAW negotiates on the workers' behalf. And I understand that they do need to get paid more money. You can't live on $17 an hour. But also there's silly things like asking for a 40-hour work week but only having to work 32 hours. That just came off the table on Friday because that was an absolute no-go. Any CEO agreed to that, they get fired on the spot. Yeah, I, I, I can see that would be a, a deal breaker. Uh, Lauren Fix yeah. has got all the details on this. The The big news for me is if you're taking $500 million of wages out of the economy, and that's just in the industry of the automakers and the auto part makers, that's going to hurt Christmas for so many businesses. That's going to hurt Thanksgiving for so many businesses. So I anticipate the pressure is going to come to bear and we'll see a change. Uh, real quickly, Lauren, before we take a break here, uh, what cool car are you driving next? Uh, next, I, right now I'm driving a Nissan Armada. Uh, I just finished driving. Gosh, I've been driving like crazy. It's been absolutely uh, exciting. I've got uh, Kia Soul being posted up this week, and I've driven the Mustang Dark Horse, if you're interested in that. And next week, I am going to drive all the vehicles for the North American Car and Truck of the Year. And after that, I'm going to Spain to drive a new Volvo EX30, which is an all-electric car. I am so jealous. Lauren gets the, the coolest <laughs> assignments to drive all the new cars. My friend, thank you for sharing it with us. If you want to see what Lauren's been driving or, or her, her info on all of this, you go to Car Coach Reports on YouTube or just follow her on Twitter, X, and Instagram and Facebook, or as we call it, Facegram, whatever it is. Uh, thank you, my friend. We appreciate it. Thank you. And there she goes, and I'm taking a break. When we get back, um, I, I hope I have time. I have to play you a moment I saw on MSNBC that I couldn't believe happened. Uh, a, uh, a lefty went after the lefty network. It was astounding. It's Opelka in for Zioli on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. Yeah, we'll turn you loose shortly. 
Michael Pelka in for Rich Zealy. Rich returns tomorrow. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. Glad to have Phil here. Henry doing yeoman duty today. I think we covered a lot of different things. And I'll get out of here in, in time to uh, check out the uh, second game of the Philly series against the Braves. Hopefully, hopefully we'll steal this one too, which would be great. Dominating performance in the first game. Uh, I want to get to something I teased earlier. And uh, that was an appearance on MSNBC. And I know people go, why do you watch MSNBC? So you don't have to. I keep an eye on the enemy. We have to. And uh, this guy, uh, Joel Greenblatt, who is the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League. This is a a very active and powerful group, the Anti-Defamation League. And um, Greenblatt really called out MSNBC for their coverage of the attack on Israel. Listen. Well, so I will be honest and maybe a little more vulnerable than I normally would be. These have been some of the hardest days of my adult life. I don't ever remember a moment like this. Um, I have family in Israel right now under siege and being deployed to the front lines. I have staff who can't locate their family. I have friends who are gone. Um, And I think Ambassador Danone put it well in a context that Americans can understand 9-11, the evil that was perpetrated here. But the scale, Jonathan, the right comparison is Nagasaki. This was like an atomic bomb. And as 40,000 people were killed in Japan, when they dropped that bomb in Nagasaki, so too were the hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people who were killed in Israel. And so while I am sad and cope, trying to cope, I'll be honest, I am angry. I am angry with the world that allowed the dehumanization of Israelis and sanitized the terrorism of Hamas. I must say, I love this show and I love this network, but I've got to ask who is writing the scripts? Hamas? The people who did this, they are not fighters, Jonathan. They are not militants. And I'm looking right at the camera. They are terrorists. It is a barbarian who rapes and brutalizes women, who kills children in front of their parents, and then brings them over to Gaza. This guy is so brave to stare the MSNBC anchors right in the face and then look in the camera and ask the question, who's writing the script? Because MSNBC has been rationalizing the attack on Israel since it happened. I, I, I cannot believe it. I, I saw this and I went, wow, this guy's a warrior. And I watched... Saturday, I was I was watching all this go down. I told you I slept ten hours since since all this happened. Uh, Saturday night, MSNBC's lower third, the graphic read, "Israel and the Gaza Strip plunge into deadly violence." No mention of Hamas. No mention of terrorists attacking. No, they're making it look like Israel's the problem here. Israel's not the problem here. Gold of my air. Legendary Israeli Prime Minister said, you cannot negotiate peace with somebody who has come to kill you. You cannot negotiate peace with somebody who has come to kill you. That's exactly what's happening in that part of the country. 
And if you don't believe it can happen here, all you need to do was to look at the celebrations that were going on around this country over the weekend in Chicago, in New York, here in Philadelphia, in Los Angeles. The people who were cheering what was going on. Those are the people who came forward. Imagine who's lurking in the shadows. Again, 7 million people crossed the border since Joe Biden's been president. We only know about the 150 terrorists that we caught. 7 million people. You think the 150, we caught everyone? I don't think so. I'm just saying. This is a big deal. I know, I know. I I didn't mean to end on a bummer note, but uh, I will tell you this. it's uh, There is swinging back to sanity happening already. There's positivity happening. Happening. Uh, the the nation of Islam banned cell phones in schools, and their prime minister said a man's a man and a woman's a woman. If sanity's happening in England, it can also happen here. All right, I'll be back when Rich needs me. He'll be back tomorrow. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Henry. Join me Saturday night, seven to ten, after the Penn State game. Michael Pelka reminding you, testudo, my friends. Testudo. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.